everyone and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse episode 202. I am Peter and joining me as always is Matt. Hey, what's up? I might have had too much coffee already this morning. Mm, Connor's here too. Yes, and it's evening and I'm drinking. Well, it's a day Connor's drinking. Hey, this is like the first thing I've had in like a week, so screw you. I mean, I find that hard to believe. Especially since you're known to black out and forget who you are for two to three days. Well, not this week. <laughs> that you know of. <laughs> I think I noticed missing entire days. Uh, you oh. think, but sometimes you don't. This is a DC Comics podcast. Uh, we talk about DC Comics. Uh, and this week, it's interesting that it's episode 202 because we have two books to talk about. Uh, two new whole books. Uh, we all do a little bit of other things of course we do have solicits and news we get solicits for august which will be a nice chunky session uh but yeah so that's going to be the show for the most part i have a patreon book but kind of it was more of a, a stream tip book rather than a patreon book uh connor has a patreon book so connor's red hood's back and don't worry i noticed someone pointed out on twitter that last week i remembered we had to do sales figures and then forgot about doing sales figures <laughs> Damn it. You know, i noticed like five minutes after we moved on i was like he didn't notice mm-hmm. And all yep, week I, I was like, don't say anything. Nope, and I didn't. No, don't worry. The fans, there's fans of the sales figures who made sure, made sure to, to be there. Person that, person that pointed that out, I'm sure you're a great person, but you're a sellout. <laughs> Absolute not. Yes. Well, I mean, this is the thing. Connor was all happy a couple of weeks ago because it was brought to the, the, the realization that... With DC seemingly staying separate from Diamond and these sales charts all been based on Diamond, it means that going forward, there may not be a unified sales list that we can actually look at. We're going to have to see how things change industry-wise and how things oh, add no. up. The horror. Yeah, when as a DC podcast, as DC will be the, the, the company most affected by this and it'll just be a top 10 of, of Marvel books, there's no need for us to look at them anymore. That said, though, if we get like a proper sales chart for DC's Tuesday books and then Diamond sales list, if someone like Chromicron do, does a fuse list like they already do for the variant covers, then we're in business. There's not even any guarantee that that you know Lunar or UCS will be putting out sales figures at all. There isn't, but we can hope. We can pray. Because in 2020, transparency is dead. We can, <laughs> we can ask the. The sales figures gods to smell down upon us and give us that sweet, sweet spreadsheet nectar. What, okay. What would be the names of that god? <laughs> uh, profit margin. <laughs> no, uh, prophetus marginus. <laughs> there you go. We had a fake Latinize that one. <laughs> that was like in the Wiley Coyote cartoons when they would change the Wiley Coyote, where it'd be like. Uh, stupidest Maximus. Sorry, I'll just I'll distract yeah. Matt. I'll just hey Matt, look at this. What's this I've got in front of me? Oh, look at that. Oh, oh. oh it's Indiana Jones. Yeah, look at that. Is that the Blu-ray set? <laughs> That's the Blu-ray set. Yes. Oh man, you'll notice that there's a weird artifact in the beginning of Raiders when uh, it goes to Alfred Molina. Looks like his eye is gonna bulge out and explode. <laughs> Still don't know what that's about, but every time I watch the Blu-ray, you know, it's it's like a sore thumb. It's the only one I've noticed thus far. Yes. So. Uh, just a bit of rewatching to refresh on some movies for a certain tournament that may or may not be worked on right now. Mailfuzz TV, check out the YouTube channel soon for more details. Uh, but uh, yes, uh, so 
We'll get started with uh, solicits. Uh, we'll start with the big one and we'll do all the little bits of news afterwards. Some other schedule stuff, some interesting news with how book, some books are ending, some other bits and bobs that uh, go on. But uh, so yeah, we'll work through August solicits. This, is, so this, is, you know, this has been a whale because we've not had solicits because we've had no books <laughs> for some yeah. time. Yeah, and this is interesting because like half of the books in this are like re-solicits from previous months with the, the rejigger in the schedule, which shows you that even after June and July, seeming kind of normal um we're, we're not back to, to normal yet now august actually feels a lot more normal because before we even get work through it i'll say that a lot of the books because dc have a very strict schedule unlike marvel like i expect batman on the same two weeks every month i expect justice league on these two months every week i expect this book on this week or that, that you know this week every month blah blah um, and obviously things are all a bit weird right now because some books came back early, some didn't. And, and I was like, oh, is this just going to change when Batman's out from now on or when whatever book's out? In uh, August, it seems to be back to normal. They've actually jiggered it back in. So they, they want Batman out in that week one and week three every month. They want, you know... It's, it's going to be weird because when we talk about the issues of Batman that are solicited in this month of august they're the ones that were solicited for july i believe both issues that makes sense well that's coming back later that's not coming back till june versus yeah. a lot of the other books which are back earlier so it makes sense that batman at least sticks out as being oh that's actually just the july books again but we'll work through this and see who it is obviously the first thing big thing that made a big announcement of this week before the solicits even came out was batman three jokers finally back on the schedule uh for the last week in august so yeah not much to say because we, we knew about this we've had no. solicited before yeah so i think it was supposed to be june and now it's august so it's a, a few months delay but understandable which means yeah. the last issue should because it's every other month so august uh, no this is monthly i think is it monthly yeah it doesn't say bi-monthly on it oh fair enough well, I mean, it's already ready, so I suppose that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I believe it was all ready before they solicited anyway. I think that was what they always wanted to do, and Fabok's been working on it for kind of years at this point, right? Yeah. September, yeah. So when you think that they teased three Jokers uh, at the end of, of New 52, <laughs> and now know. we've been in Rebirth for four years now, so... <laughs> we're, we're, yeah. we're, we're, this is literally coming out as we end the era, because, I mean, okay, admittedly, yeah. Generations isn't there where to be found, we'll talk about that a bit more a, you know, at the end of the solicits, but it's interesting that we're essentially getting to the end, or at least maybe things have delayed a little bit now, so it's, we're just close to the end right now, but it's just kind of funny that Three Jokers took the entire era. It's, it's bookended the entire era. To get to. All right. Uh, yeah, but, you know... Being a Johns fan, uh, you know, this whole quarantine thing has really prepped me for just waiting for books. Yeah. I was like, could you imagine Doomsday Clock during all this? <laughs> we wouldn't have noticed any difference. Exactly. Uh, so uh, we got Deceased Dead Planet issue two, uh, which is notable because uh, I'll mention the July uh, schedule because obviously they had to kind of reschedule what July is, even though it's not new solicits. But Deceased was kind of missing, but it actually kind of worked out because I, I noticed that uh, the, in June, we're getting two deceased issues in the sense that we're getting the final issue of the, the current mini at the start of the month and at the end of the month, we're getting the first issue of Dead Planet. So the issue two of Dead Planet is at the first week of August. So it's technically skipping a month, but it's not really a full month that's skipping. It's it's, it's like five weeks between issues. So it's Yeah, it, it just feels like a long time going from June all the way to August. Right? But it's not really because it's the very end of June in the very start of August, so yeah, uh, not a big deal. I I guess they just wanted to again rejigger it because they wanted it on that week every month because DC seem to care about that. 
that side of the schedule. Whereas Marvel seem to be quite happy to just have things land wherever you they... You you say that, but if they really wanted to do that, just push... The, the one that's in the end of June, just push forward a week to the first week of July and it would be on week one every every month. <sighs> Maybe there's a reason why they wanted... That. Is there a fifth week in June? Uh, Is that... There might be. You... I don't know. Uh, well, <laughs> This is where it gets interesting. There's a fifth Tuesday. <laughs> so technically there is. There's there's not a fifth which, Wednesday. Which but... actually technically makes that the first week of July, if you think about it. Um, well, I don't know, because their on-sale date is, is the 30th of June. Yeah, it's... no, but if you think about it as the... <laughs> As, as the the Wednesday schedule, that's the first week of July. Oh, this is getting murky already, isn't it? Uh, all right. Uh, so this is Dead Planet uh, issue two. In fact, what's the uh, the homage cover? I don't, I'm not noticing. I'm assuming it's the cyborg one. It is uh, the cyborg like, one. It, it was. Looks, it um, looks like Rosemary's baby. It's a book of Eli. I think. Oh, book of Eli. There you go. Oh yeah, I can see it now. You've said that. Yeah, I can see. Yeah. I can see the Book of Eli. That's uh, stretching it for horror, but I mean, all right. I think they, no, but you say that. The last one was Blade Runner. They've given up on horror. That's right? true. That's true. They went sci-fi with this one because <laughs> they've, they've run yeah. out of horror movies. All right. Uh, there we go. Dark Knight's Death Metal issue three. So that's uh, coming. Uh, I'll mention here as well, it's been extended to seven issues instead of six, and it's taking a month off in September. Which is a lot I'm of support. Sure, we'll get something else in September, like uh, Pro- probably we did in the original metal. We got we had something in, in a skip month, didn't I, we? I, I will say this though, I am a lot disappointed. Not so much that it's got an extra issue in the main book. Okay, it's wet to seven, whatever. I'm not, I'm not really fussed about that. But Snyder this week was talking in interviews about how, oh, because Generations isn't happening right now, uh, it lets Death Metal be the flagship thing for the next little while. So it's getting to expand and be bigger. And the last thing I want to hear about any Snyder story is that it's expanding and getting bigger. Honestly, no, I, I suspect you, this is in a way that would please you because I think what he yeah. means by that is some of the rebooty shenanigans that would have happened in Generation are going to happen doing metal instead. So okay. he's going to have to okay, I need an extra issue to work and, this stuff in. And with what Rucka worked into Lois Lane this this time, mm-hmm. when we get there, there there's some multiverse shenanigans going on there. Uh yeah, and also, Pete, you say that, but then you, I hear Warren Ellis, T-Rex, Batman, and okay, we're good. Well, I'll get to the, so to the first of the tie-ins is coming, and we're getting two one-shots. Uh, I mean, I think I kind of like that they're doing one-shots instead of, like, you know, three and four issue minis to go along with the main book. Yep. I mean, they may still do that, but at least so far, that's not they'll the case. pushing it late, because, I mean, minis won't be starting until September if they do then, so that'll be... I mean, they could still run concurrently and finish alongside the, the main book with the, like, four-issue minis, but it's quite late into the event to be starting minis at yeah, that point. But with, yeah. taking, but with the main book taking that month off, I mean, it is possible to, to do a little bit. Anyway, I appreciate that it's just one-shots, you know, uh, bigger one-shots, of course, the $6, 48-page uh, yep. books, but uh, the first one's Dark Knights Death Metal Legends of the Dark Knights, issue one. That is a mouthful of a title. Um... A lot of writers on this, a lot of creative teams there. We've got Scott Snyder, James Tynion the Fourth, Joshua Williamson, Peter J. Tomasi, Warren Ellis, Garth Ennis, Daniel Warren, Johnson, and Frank Thierry. Uh, so I'll read the description here. A DC universe has been engulfed by the Dark Multiverse, where demons dwell and reality is overrun by monstrous versions of the Dark Knight. We're doing all the Dark Batman again, really? <laughs> yeah, but just for a one-shot, right? I know, but yeah. that's, that's, the entire last I, one I'm was that. I'm pretty sure they're showing up in Death Metal, um, so... 
this Uh-oh. is this is instead of doing all of those seven, you know. Sure, no, we're, I, I, I get, get them here. I get that, but the entire last metal was all about. I, I thought we were going to get all the dark other right. characters. Right, Batman who laughs has one trick, and that's it. Anyway. Uh, and this collection of short tales, which makes sense given all the creative teams that are listed up there. Uh, well, the terrifying secrets of these new bats out of hell. I don't want to use that sentence, didn't they? <laughs> they really wanted to. And other creatures of the night, like Robin King, whose origin is just the worst. Plus, read about the secret buried beneath Castle Bat, the sentient Batmobile, and how did Batman turn into a dinosaur? Okay. All right. Yes. Warren Ellis one is robot Batman t-rex yeah uh, on a similar vein the other one shot again has got a lot of creative teams and seems to be a collection of short stories uh dark knight's death metal guidebook issue one uh scott steyer james tyne in the four Joshua wilson becky clunin via lea uh chip zarsky chip zarsky on dc that's yeah that's that, new. That is going to be the most irreverent thing possible i guarantee yep. you and and the fact that he goes oh yeah i was being a little sneaky sneaky uh that he did the story so i still don't believe it's gonna happen yeah i mean i am digging his daredevil so if he wants to read a batman story go for it i guess Uh, no 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 complaints i am i am digging his newsletter more than anything else which isn't is is to say his his daredevil is still great but his newsletter is top quality comedy you think this has to do with fraction coming like that like when when bendis came through he held the door open and it you know it had Rucka and Fraction and all these people that hadn't worked at DC in a while, or if at all, uh, you know, and you just think they're more open to coming over and working for... Uh, it could be. Zdarsky yeah. and, and Fraction, of course, have worked together a lot. Uh, they have a great relationship, mm-hmm. so uh, mm-hmm. it would make sense. Oh, and that's and the same with Bendis and Fraction, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, there's... Well- let me uh, read the description, because this one sounds a bit more specific to what's going on in the main book. Uh, Earth is turned upside down, shredded in a realm of darkness after Justice League's defeat by the cosmic goddess Perpetua. And <laughs> the Batman who laughs and his army of dark knights rule the planet, wreaking havoc on humanity and reigning destruction in the world. As Wonder Woman, Superman, Batman, and the other heroes fight to survive in this strange new landscape, one cloaked figure has been Mr. Oz has been observing from the sidelines, creating a guidebook to this new world and its evil leaders in the hope of forming a plan of justice and penance. I think and that it- tells you who the cloaked figure is pretty nicely. Oh, oh, oh. Almost oh, let, me, let, like let me finish. So, there's another paragraph here. The issue showcases the new factions of Earth and explores the mystery of what happened to our heroes after the battle with Perpetua. How does Wonder Woman, the new Queen of Hell, reign over her prisoners? What is Batman doing with the Black Lantern Ring? And what happens when Harley Quinn takes charge of the Wasteland and finds love in the process? I'll listen more in the jam-ish, jam-packed issue exploring the New World Order. So it sounds like it's exploring a lot of the new status quo that the main mm-hmm. book is probably going to just sort of throw out there is like taking yeah, for granted. Yeah, this is just here's some other stuff that's going on in the world while the main book happens. Kind of, yeah, but I feel like we're going to see like glimpses of a lot of this stuff in the main book, and this is here to flesh it out because we're we're going to see you know it's kind of like how in Flashpoint, oh, there's this war between Aquaman and Wonder Woman going on in the background. Oh, oh, good, a couple of minis in the background to tell us. Yeah, I think it's fascinating that this is a single. 50-ish page one-shot covering all of that as opposed to the five minis that that could easily be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's interesting. And I have all the Flashpoint minis, so yes, let's just stick to this. Yeah. Please. Well, that had a lot of minis. Like, that, that yeah, was that like, did. Too many minis. Uh, and some of them were good, but there was still an obscene amount of them. 
But uh, I think it's interesting that this, again, is going for the anthology route where we're going to have a different writer and artist on each, exploring each of these new little windows of the... So even though this is like a 50-page book, like, we're going to have like a lot of what, like five to eight-page stories here doing little things? Yeah. Yeah, we got eight writers on there, so let's assume eight stories. Because it doesn't say and more True. like they sometimes yeah. do. Yeah. So... Yes, uh, forgive me for not write, uh, reading all the, the artists for those two books as well, but obviously a lot of them there too. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we got two one-shots tying into Death Metal. So Death Metal is going to be almost a weekly thing starting in August in the sense that we're going to have three weeks out of the month we'll have a Death Metal uh, book to headline the, the, the books. So there you go. Uh, so we got a couple of trade paperbacks, the young young adult stuff. Uh, Teen Titans Beast Boy by Cami Garcia, and then Swamp Thing Twin Branches by Maggie. Uh, oh, that's a great name, Steve Vatter. Sure. <laughs> I uh, I really need to read the uh, the Raven one by Cami Garcia soon. Yeah. Maybe I'll do that mm-hmm. this week um, because it just looks great, and I'm interested in this for sure. Yeah, and then also adding on to this, we have a new graphic novel, uh, Green Lantern Earth One Volume Two. Uh, and I enjoyed that uh, volume one. So, mm-hmm. volume was... one was solid. It was in in the upper tier of the Earth One books for sure. But it was for sure. Uh, the art, especially, really was phenomenal. And the same artist. Uh, oh, he's got a co-writer. This. I don't know if he had a co-writer the first issue. I the first don't volume. recall that name. No. On the first issue. But maybe uh, that. But maybe that'll tighten up the the story a little bit. But it's still the same <laughs> art. It's still Gabriel Hardman doing all the art. So. Uh, that pleases matters. me greatly. Uh, it looks like from the cover there's more of a core this time, which makes sense, given that... Yeah, where we ended the last one. Yeah. Uh, so with that, we're out of the single issues. So, you know, Batman 96-97, we, you know, we, we knew these were, were coming yeah. uh, from the previous month. Uh, worth mentioning, October will have issue 100, so I, I don't know if they're going to do some sort of Halloween theme for it or... I, I doubt it'll be Halloween themed, because uh, they did also confirm that double shipping will be continuing. Mm-hmm. So October will have a hundred and a hundred and one. So if they're going to do a Halloween, uh, theme, it'll be a hundred and one. They're not going to waste issue a hundred. Yeah. Plus, plus, uh, must be keeping in mind that it was originally going to be coming out in what, like July, <laughs> before everything yeah. get pushed. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it makes sense that it wouldn't have even planned for that anyway. If anything, uh, Tiny is probably sitting there with a Halloween issue that now won't come out until January. Loved. <laughs> well, the, the, that's the thing. They might have been able to just go, well, we've got a guest writer, just slip in a, an issue 101 just mm. in between and we'll just push everything else back by an issue and it's no big deal. No, they have to do a Halloween thing. I'm, I'm, I was just... No, but if they wanted oh, to. Yeah. Uh, so we got Batgirl 48, a book that we unfortunately all decided to drop just before all this delay started to happen. Uh, although I do really like that variant cover, just want to point that out. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. Very nice variant cover. Uh, so, and we'll see, we'll see things because we're kind of expecting still some sort of lane wide relaunch or refresh, even without generations. And I feel like Batgirl is one of those books that's probably going to just start fresh. It's, it's interesting that I'm not sure it'll be as clean sweeping as we thought. Uh, you know, we, we were thinking, okay, it'll be nah. kind of one point and it'll be this over the course of a month or so. Most things will happen. Given one of the other news articles that we've got to talk about, um, maybe it won't be as neat as that this time. Yeah, but I do think there's a bunch of books. There's a lot of signs in here. We've not gotten to it yet, but Harley Quinn ending with 75. I'm like, they're not going to go that long without a Harley Quinn book. So that's... Uh, they've, um, they've already confirmed that they've got, you know, that the that Harley's not going anywhere. The books, yeah. you know, that there's going to be, it'll probably launch in September, to be honest with you. Yeah, we may even get a few launches in September, but there's a, there's a couple other books ending soon, so I, I feel there like... Is. 
And on Harley Quinn, I know uh, Sam Humphreys, who I think was writing Harley, um, has mm-hmm. said that he's he's already working on his next project at DC, and Harley ended on you know his terms. He he was ready to be done. It wasn't like it was cancelled. Mm-hmm. That's always so. good. Uh, Detective Comics 1025 and 1026 notably this was not double shipping before the break so I'm wondering if this has moved to double shipping or if it's just because of some catch up because they took obviously some time off yeah it's probably related to Joker War stuff right yeah I think it's Joker War stuff because neither of these are resolicits so these are new issues for this month anyway so it's not falling behind schedule so to speak so um, yeah I, I think it's more just Joker War I mean I mean, if DC want to have kind of, because this is kind of what Marvel do with a lot of their books, where it kind of seamlessly slips between single and double, depending on what they want to do. Um, I feel like if they want to keep doing that with some of these books, like Detective, then fine. Yeah, Marvel have like a an eighteen issues a year thing for a lot of books, and that works quite nicely. Yeah, it works all right. Uh, I wish they actually spaced them out that way though, because they don't space it out like we get one every three weeks, which is what they probably should do with that. They, it's like. They have like two, like so for example, Immortal Hulk, they'll have one early month, then one week three, say, and then the following month you'll have one week one again, but then they'll just not be a week three one. So there's a big gap between, you yeah. know, every three issues there's a big gap before the next one, comparatively to what it, what it has been. So I wish they were more consistent with that, but whatever. Uh, so yeah, then Harley Quinn 75, final issue of the, the current run. Uh, meaning they're probably doing an issue one, or maybe it'll be retitled, it may be Harley Quinn in something, or some, you know... The Fantabulous well, Harley Quinn. They've been teasing a romance with Booster Gold um, that, that's going to be happening in these last few issues. So yep, maybe, maybe like you get a Harley and Booster book. Oh, Matt's going to have to read that. I know, so I don't like that. I'm trying to cut back. The blue, the gold, <laughs> the black, and the red. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, did I think of all the jokes that Harley would make at the wedding about something borrowed, something blue. Yeah. Well, and just there's no way Skeets approves of her. There's no way. Does Keats approve of anyone? (laughs) No, but especially him getting involved with someone in the past. You know what I mean? Like, oh my God, what if Harley is Rip Hunter's mom? (laughs) 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 This would explain so much. All right, uh, Nightwing. I'm going to read this book. uh, (laughs) Nightwing issue 73. uh, Joker War stuff. uh, Red Hood Outlaw 48. Which I noticed includes Rick Grayson and Punchline. Uh, nope. Why? <laughs> uh, so, at, at the risk of sounding like a soft parody or a hipster or whatever, the more I hear about Joker War, the less inclined I am on it. It just seems like now it's outgrown. Like, I knew it was supposed to be a big bat story, right? Uh, and I trust Heinen enough, but the fact that it's bleeding into every other... Like, if Batman showed up once... In these books, you know, like it's starting to get, it's getting a little zero yeary. The zero year so... have tie-ins? To... Oh, oh man! Oh yeah! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Had, okay, it had that it... one month where everything tied into it. I suppose you're right. Yeah. This so... is this is weird. Where it's more focused in that it is just Bat Family books, mm-hmm. but they're going to up to six issues on it rather than just yeah. one issue like Zero Year was. Uh, the, right. amusing, so... the amusing thing is here though is that we. Are, we all just happen to not read any of these books that it's tied into, so we're all going to just read the main yeah. story anyway. Yeah, I think if we were reading these books, we probably wouldn't be that annoyed because we're reading Joker. Yeah. And I think in some ways that makes it more excusable in that it's coming from the main Batman book, and most people who are reading any other Bat Family book tend to be reading the main Batman book. Yeah, I just it 
but it just feels like it's I thought we were past this now of this big overarching story in this way. You know, I almost as, as much as Connor doesn't like Bendis, the way that he handled uh, the, the whole checkmate and Leviathan, you know, it seemed pretty self-contained. But then he's writing all of those himself. So it's a little bit different. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I just it's I don't know. I saw all of these tie-ins and the length of them. And I'm just like, this just seems like too much. Um, I mean, it's funny. Like, I, I'm actually, I feel like if I was reading these books, I'd put, I'd be more annoyed because it was interfering with the book. Uh, because I'm not reading these books that it happens to be tying in one. Just, just because you know, we just dropped Batgirl. Nightwing obviously has been, you know, Nightwing yeah. since. You don't read it, tech. Well, no, that's the hell. problem. It hasn't been Nightwing. You know what, I, you know what I mean? But the Nightwing book has been the Nightwing book. You know, yeah, uh, and it's you know because I think he's technically not Rick anymore, or he is. Or, is. Well, is I it... mean, Re- uh, Red Hood says he's, he's getting a visit from Rick Grayson, so okay, he's still Rick then. Uh, okay, uh, moving on, we have uh, Wonder Woman seven sixteen seven six one, which of course we will be doing because uh, this is a uh, post Tamaki. Tamaki starts at seven five nine, so it's actually the second July issue uh, that we'll be jumping on. And now I've read, so I've read most things. I gotta track down her She Hulk because I really enjoyed her X twenty three. Like she nailed that relationship with Gabby and Laura, yeah. Uh, so that's great. Yeah. So now I want to see what she does with Diana. Like Wonder Woman's one of these characters I'm always interested in, but the creative team never seems to be there long term. Yeah. So I get I, really into it for a hot second. Oh yeah. I mean, and... I pray, I pray to the to the comic gods, please let Tamaki have a long and fruitful run, please. Yeah. Just because... uh, two things to point out on this though, um, and, and the big one is. Uh, we've got our second artist team on the yeah. on seven six one, so the seven, the second issue of this month. Um, obviously, we have uh, Janin for the first like three issues. Two. And sec- is it just two? Okay. Well, I think uh, seven five nine. I mean, unless I'm remembering wrong, it's seven five I mean, eight. You, I mean, you might be right. I, I, I don't know anymore. Um, honestly, they were solicited so long ago that I don't remember because it just feels like it's a blur. Uh, uh, but then we've got you know uh, Carlo Barberi and Matt uh, Santarelli on on the second issue of this month, um, which is a little frustrating to see. Okay, well we've presumably had some lead time going over this situation. These have been delayed for sure, and we've still got two artists on the book. Um, because well, I, I don't think the, the I don't think the the quarantine or anything's affected. I, I think they just kept working as is. So I, I like. If there's if there's an effect of them having more time, it would have came after this because these issues were already been worked on. Uh possibly, yeah. Uh, I, I say that though because seven six one wasn't actually solicited before, so this is a new solicited issue, so should have been in the August solicits anyway. Yeah. So that's kind of pushing that boundary of where how much they would have been working on it, I guess. Well, that's the thing; they just kept working, so I don't think anyone got lead time on things really to to the extent where they had more time on any books. Like, I don't think they got extra time on a set number of books because they had this extra month off. I feel like they just kept working ahead and moved on to the next issue as quickly as they normally do. That's the impression I'm getting from everything, at least the DC and Marvel. I, I don't know, uh, you know, smaller publishers and whatnot. Um. But no, so because you know, I, I liked a lot of Wilson's run. I really wanted that to be longer and to to go 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 on. So I am really excited about Tamaki, and yeah. we should already be re- reading it by now, I think, or we'll be starting it this month. Uh, was it this month or was it uh, June? I, I don't know. It was uh, for some reason I thought it was June when I said that. No, yeah, 
June next month. <laughs> uh, time has no meaning anymore. Time does not have any meaning anymore. Uh, the uh, dream, speaking of Wilson, though, uh, the dreaming waking hours issue one. Obviously, we don't really cover the Sandman universe books, but uh, the her Sandman universe book is coming it's out. Finally coming out. Yeah, so that's coming out in August, and uh, Harley Quinn: The Birds of Prey issue three. This is the Palmiotti and Amanda Connor uh, black label book. So that's there. Uh, we got Strange Adventures number four uh, coming in August, um, as we expect. Uh, we have Super Sons Book Three: Escape to Landis trade paperback. This is why I don't know why this wasn't with the other trades up, up further up, but yeah, another one of those. Uh, this uh, is one of the ones for for kids, not for young kids. adults. Yeah, it still feels like a weird place to put this after. It, it does. Um, a bunch of singles. I, I, but... I don't know quite why. Uh, uh, we got some more books. We got Action Comics One Thousand Twenty Four. Unfortunately, Matt, uh. we still have John Romita Jr. on art. Uh, so that's upsetting. Uh, Amethyst issue five. We got Aquaman sixty two. Notably, we have a fill in uh, here on Aquaman. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, two issues fill in story. Who's who's worked with uh, Kelly Sue before? Uh, apparently, because mm -hmm. they wrote Pitch Planet Triple Feature, which that's Kelly Sue's creator owned. So, okay. Yeah. And yeah. what a variant. Let's see. Uh, I got a shark with the armor on. Yes, I see. I see. It's so this is going a bit of a, a house style on the variants because we had the the, the Milton yeah. one earlier. That was uh, the Wonder Woman one. There was the the Batgirl one, and this they kind of fit the same sort of style, right? As the, as the variant. Yeah. Well, uh, well, that's Tyler Kirkham. Tyler Kirkham's been around for a minute. Oh yeah, um, yeah. But I feel like they're yeah. like a go-to yeah. DC house style for mm -hmm. variants right now. And yeah. I'm, I'm okay it's very digitally digitally sheen, you know, to it. But mm, yeah. I, I just want to say I have dibs on the hammerhead. That that's that guy looks dope. Yeah, it does. <laughs> sure. Uh, we got Batman Outsiders issue fifteen. Uh coming out. We got Batman Beyond forty six. Uh, still not final issue. That's going. Dan Jurgens, his run in Batman Beyond is is going forever. We know he's got dirt. He's been in DC for so long. He's got dirt on everyone. He's like, just let me <laughs> just let me keep telling Terry's story, guys, and none of no one has I, I to know. That was the trade-off he had to do. It's like, look, we'll let you keep doing this if you come yeah. in and handle this Rick Grayson mess. Yeah. What a thankless task. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was it. They're like, no one wants it, so you're going to have to. Uh, Batman The Adventure Continues, uh, issue three of seven. Uh, we got Batman's Grave, issue nine, so that's sort of getting towards the end of that run. Uh, Batman Superman number 11 is coming out. Uh, I like that dark cover, I think. Yeah, I mostly like that. I feel, uh, is that daily one? Yeah, that's gotta be. Yeah. Uh, Although there's a, a version 1984 cover that's not coming up, and it makes me very mad. Yeah, I'd I love to see what that. that looks like. Yeah, uh, Catwoman 24 uh, mm -hmm. coming out. Uh, we got The Flash 759 and 760. Uh, I suppose this is a good time oh. to bring in The Flash news, uh, which yep. is, is pretty a big deal. And it's funny, every time I said we must be getting close to this run, Connor had to fear Munger because, oh, you don't know, could he could be on yeah. there for much longer. No, no, he's ending with his 101st issue, to say that properly. Uh, I feel yeah, like and by the time he adds annuals and other stuff in there, It'll be like over 106 yeah, issues. Yeah, it's not what would have been the standard issue 100 or 101 in this right. case. It's, it's counting those. So it'll be somewhere in the 90s if, if yeah. you're still in the uh, original numbering. 
yeah. Right. So so issue so it's coming September. It's not not in the August books. It's in September, <laughs> his final issue of the book. So you know he stuck to what he said uh, about a hundred issues, and uh, it's called Finish Line. His final story, which is perfect as the title goes for for your last mm-hmm. flash story. And he said that when he he had started writing Flash, like he'd always wanted to write Flash. So even if he had only been able to do an issue, that would he would have been fine. But he got to have you know these long runs, and I've been real up and down with him. But as like as a person, I can tell that Williamson appreciates Flash, and so I've talked a lot of lot of mess. But I think I have to go back now. <laughs> wait, wait, Pete, what was the pool? How many issues did we have on it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, because I, uh, he, he said he was quitting and then he came crawling back uh, very quickly. And he said he was quitting again because of the quarantine. I remember I said I gave it, was it two or three issues I gave him? Uh, yeah. I can't remember, damn it. To be fair, if he wasn't leaving, I, I would be sticking to my guns. But I do think that I owe it that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> not that I owe it to Williamson because I do buy I have a lot of his flash issues uh, but I think I owe it to myself just to see you hey, know like you know I... Mr. Williamson over the last yeah. year or so I've been very critical of the book but I want it to be known that I never wavered I never quit I never said I was quitting I said I was sticking it out to the end and mm-hmm. I'm on I'm, that I'm, path just for the record I'm, I'm, I'm not doing what Mad's doing well that's fine no. you, you, you're you're the, uh, just, the the rebel don't... Uh, so now I have to go back and, and find. Now that my here's the thing: do I go back and get the physicals, or do I just go digital? It's probably easier to go digital, but easier. Yep. Depends. Uh, Does your shop have the other issues in stock still? Maybe. If if not, I'm sure they can order them. It's not like I'm still waiting on Hellraiser three. It's become the joke. <laughs> so I I'm sure once it gets sorted, they'll have stuff. Um. But yeah, no, I, I, man, I gotta know how this ends now. But uh, yeah, this this is one of those books where I say it feels like it won't be a a clean sweep of things just ending, you know, starting and ending at the same time, mm-hmm. like we thought it might be with generations, which probably was the plan at the time. I mean, I'm, yeah. okay, I'm okay. I mean, I'm okay with this. If, if there's going to be a lot of refreshes, I'm okay with it taking place over a few months as books kind of naturally find their end yeah, points. I think honestly, I say that the more likely situation is they stick a fill in on for six issues. <laughs> Yeah, that's very possible. We're probably going to get like a. a, a, a I mean, arc. that that's what they did before they they did Flash Rebirth. I remember Wally in that whole storyline, you know, right as he ended, and then it was just a whole thing. So yeah, I could I could see uh, them having a fill in or whatever, and I mean, I mean it's, it's happened right now in Justice League in in terms of solicit wise. Yeah. Uh, we've seen it done before. We've, we've seen it done where it's like, okay, so we have this new writer on this book. Is this the new writer permanently? No, it's just they're here for 12 issues until they actually have the so, proper writer ready. I also want to say in that Twitter thread that Williamson put up, he did say that this is where he had always imagined the story going. So he's been writing towards this, which puts me not at, I would say, at ease because the longer this goes, the more it's gotten sideways for me. I mean... The whole year one story that that, that tops the, I think the shade stuff and things I didn't enjoy. So th- this I could be a fool for doing this, but you know what? I gotta I gotta know. What's well, that many uh, issues now? You you know where the end end say is. Yeah, so and and I mean, come on, it's called the Legion of Zoom. Like, how do I not like that? 
So we got the Green Lantern season two, issue six, uh, mm-hmm. coming. Uh, Connor still won't be caught up though. No, he won't be. Uh, we got Hawkman issue twenty six coming out. We got Just League Dark twenty five. Uh, we have Just League fifteen fifty one, which are written by uh, well, actually two different writers. We got Simon Spurrier on the first issue. Uh, which is a super size. So it's actually really weird that the issue fifty that's going to be super sized because the, the anniversary issue uh, is essentially a fill-in. <laughs> Simon Spurrier uh, did a story there, and then it's the final chapter of the Rule of War. So like they really yeah, that's his his six issue arc essentially hmm. is seven issues in length. Um, also, that has a great variant. I really like that. Uh, sure. Uh, no, but I mean, I know he's doing like a whole arc, but I mean, it's like a fill-in arc. Like, he's just there is, for yeah. one arc, and then he gets the big 50, 50th issue. It's weird. Uh, it's also weird because Justice League actually renumbered when Snyder took it over. So mm-hmm. if they'd kept the numbering, this would actually be up in like the nineties, I think. With the time it got to maybe maybe by the eighties, with the time it got to issue fifty here. So that's kind of weird. Uh, fifty-one though is written by Jeff Loveness, who's here for. Uh, is there any indication of this being a first part of something, or is it just it's a, a two-part mini? Two-part, two-part, a two-part story about Black Mercy. So I'll, so I'm probably gonna get to the end of Vendettis and then and then drop Justice League until this, just to. I'm you know. I'm really interested in Simon Spurrier. I've really liked yeah. everything I've read from from Spurrier in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, done some really great stuff. So I'm I'm intrigued by that. Yeah, I have no problem uh, reading Spurrier's uh, arc. I mean, if I don't like oh, it, I'll just. Is- Stop, but... You guys have fun after we had Flash, so something else has to to drop. So, uh, but um, Loveness, it says here he's, he's a, a Rick and Morty writer, which makes me significantly mm-hmm. less interested. <laughs> yeah, uh, but Black Mercy, so we'll we'll see. Also, I don't want to blame the writers for the fans here. Yeah. Um, no, I don't like Rick and Morty in general. Yeah, no, I just the I know a lot of my friends who I trust really love the show. Um, However, I've run into a lot more fans that like it for other reasons, and it's put me off. It's it's a lot of my problem with Doctor Who. I mean, early I, on, as a lot of the fans put me off. So I like um, the uh, the first two seasons of Rick and Morty. Uh, the fan base can be rather obnoxious, but mm-hmm. uh, but you know when you but get to like, someone... but when you get to like episode like three or four of the, that first season, whatever one it is, and you realize they're doing Inception, but when they get to one of the layers of the Dream Worlds, Freddy Krueger's there. You're like, okay, this is made for me. I, like this is... that was that was one of the episodes I saw at my comic shop, and it had me dying. Just the stuff that was going on. So um, no, I had, no, I, I watched. The first full season and like a little bit of season two and it was like it was okay every so often i was like oh i like this episode yeah. but by the time i was into season two i was like I, i'm just i'm not feeling it. i'm just wasting my time by sitting through this now so yeah no that's that's fine i mean i watched the first episode and it was fine but um no that that freddy career one did crack me up when i was sitting at the comic store so yeah. i just this was just a long way around to go i don't want to throw this out just because the guy worked yeah. Them, also, like, I mean, yeah. Do you really think he's going to be having like Batman say "rubber dub dub" at some point? Like, <laughs> no, no. Obviously, I'm not saying. That. I just meant the fact that I, I didn't enjoy that. So, as 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 far as I know, that's my only. Uh, that's it. I'll, uh, I'll tell you right my now. My only interaction with his work, and I didn't enjoy it. it. It inherently makes me less interested. I'll tell you right now. If he can naturally get Batman to say "rubber dub dub" at some point, I'll give it a ten. <laughs> well, I mean, he, the cover does show Batman covered in Black Mercy, so anything's possible. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this though about Black Mercy is that even though this was the, right at the start of Rebirth, like I still mm-hmm. remember that first Trinity. Remember the Trinity book? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that first yeah. arc was about Black Mercy, yeah, and I'm of like, course I do. and I'm like, oh, we're doing yeah, Black Mercy cool. again. Okay. Again, like it hasn't been four years. <laughs> I don't know. I don't do that often. I I think it's a good story 
device as long as they don't overdo it. And I think here two two issues to to do something like that. I think it, well, it let's works. Let's be honest. Out. Everyone gets a Black Mercy story at some point, and this is Batman's yeah. turn. And I, I mean, my favorite Superman story is a is a Black Mercy story. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, so uh, Justice League Odyssey 23 is coming out. Still not the final issue. I'm shocked. Uh, we got Legion of Superheroes issue 8. That's still trucking along. Metal Man issue 9. Uh, we have the final issue, The Question, The Deaths of Vic Sage, issue 4 of that. I, I just actually want to go back and, and mention what's going on in Legion of Superheroes issue 8. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's uh, pretty unique sounding in, in what it's doing. I don't, uh, Pete obviously looked over the, the entire huge list of artists yeah. and just went, I don't care about that. Yeah, so it says Legion of Superheroes number eight, written by Men, uh, Bendis, and then art by a, a list of, of who's who. Like, okay, you have Shane or Lemire. There's going to be 24 Wynn, Jones over two issues. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a lot of artists. I will, I will grant you. Uh, uh, beginning a special two part comic storytelling event over the course of two spectacular issues. I'll be there to that. 44 artists will dive into the 31st century with each page starting a different Legionnaire. It starts when the team is arrested by a galactic authority that does not approve of the Legion, and it leads to an intergalactic showdown that will affect every member of the team. I'm, I'm here for this. Yeah, it I'm, sounds very gimmicky. Yeah, I mean, I, if it works... I'm curious, because it could end up just feeling like a series of pin-ups with not a little story to yeah. uh, kind of connect it together. It depends how much their actual sequential art pages versus just his each person doing a splash right but at the same time there's so many legion characters that giving them each a page to like shine and like get like <laughs> let you know let readers who don't know a lot of them get to know them might actually also be a really smart idea although that said 40 plus and two issues might be too many at once <laughs> so uh, uh we'll see we'll see uh so yeah question decific sage i uh, got to at uh, that What's interesting, actually, is that I was really feeling, looking at the schedule, because I, I put all these into our schedule and Google Docs, and is that with the, the Hill House books ending and a lot of the Black Label stuff kind of coming to an end, and they've not really announced the next wave of Black Label stuff, is that the schedule's actually looking pretty light for me, at least, uh, compared to what it was before the quarantine. Uh, so we'll see how things shape back up again, but... Uh, uh, which is partially why I'm, I'm okay reading Spurrier's Justice League arc, because, well, I mean, there's not much else going on. Uh, Suicide Squad issue 8, obviously, Tom Taylor books always a, always an event. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's yeah, a must-read. So we've got Suicide Squad, and basically Deceased is an ongoing at this point. I mean, obviously, it keeps changing its title, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's going to have, what, 18 issues worth of content by the end of this third one. I'm counting the, the, the middle one as six issues in terms yeah. of page count. Yeah, kind of. It's because uh, I know a lot of comic shops like count uh, Hellboy as an ongoing series, even though technically it's all a bunch of minis. But they just assume that anyone who got the last mini is going to want the next mini because yeah. yeah. it's just the way it works. I mean, that's uh, that's the dark horse, the dark horse model, right? That they do with all their books or a lot of them. Um, like Black Hammer is, is the one going on right now that mm-hmm. I can think of that does that still. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. Which, it, it but does you could argue my that shop as Lemire... well with deceased. They just add on the next deceased book for me. Yeah. So when you brought up Black Hammer, though, you could argue that Lemire wanted to copy Magnolia's for for that type of yeah. story that he's telling. So mm-hmm. um, I don't well, know if that's good. Yeah, yeah. Well, Dark, uh, Horses. Dark Horse did it with like a they did it with a lot of their Star Wars books as well. They split yeah. them into into mini like five or six issue minis. Some as little well, as two issue minis actually. I did not realize that. So then I will take what I say back, and maybe that is Dark Horse's thing. Yeah. Uh, wait, wait, what do they do with Buffy though? 
Uh, Buffy was different. Buffy was more of a wrong. Seasons, right? Okay. Yeah, but I mean, like the, the first one was like forty issues, so it was basically just ongoings that were yeah. retitled every once in a while. It's not every book they do, but like they have done it with more than just Hellboy. And, it, and I know Hammer is emulating that feel. But to be fair, the Buffy stuff is actually quite old at this point. You know, because I mean, Buffy's been at boom now for over a year, and like. Oh really? Oh yeah. Oh damn! Yeah. I don't pay attention. Yeah, they're all relaunched because the, now they're not doing a continuation of the show. Now we have uh, Jordi Belair doing like uh, like a Retelling? a reboot for it's set in present day, uh, which has kind of been interesting to, and so, so they're fun. they're in in the way that it's like Riverdale where it's an update of a thing, not not that it's going for that you know oh sure yeah trashy but soap it, opera. I will say this: it is kind of weird reading a Buffy comic and having her pull out a smartphone. It's like whoa, yeah. what, what, what? Yeah, and, and <laughs> they've taken some liberties with characters and plot choices early on mm-hmm. that have been interesting to make it feel fresh and new. And yeah, because because Angel, you know, they, they introduced that quite early on as a, a separate series, and like she hadn't even met Buffy yet, and we had like so basically every time, like at least early on so far, they had this big crossover event called Hellmouth. And that was when Buffy and Angel first met. And it actually felt like a big deal in the story because we'd sort of been introduced to both of them separately first. Uh, so, but it's very different from how the show did it. And very, it feels... Oh, yeah. But, um, it, feel, but it felt momentous. It felt like, oh, th- this feels important. And uh, no spoilers, but they're, they're taking Xander in a wildly different direction. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, he's in a weird direction. Uh, so, I, I recommend the Buffy books. I, I, I've got, I'm a couple issues behind. Uh, not, not much, but... Because obviously they, they paused <laughs> like everything else did. I, I, I don't really? want that smiling yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. I, I just checked Twitter. I've waiting, I, I saw it a while ago. I've been waiting for yeah. it. Well, yeah. what, what was happening on Twitter? I, uh, I, I wrote a tweet earlier. Um, I was going to actually bring it up when we got to Justice League because it was yep. relevant then, about how between Hawkman and this particular issue of Justice League, I'm beginning to think that Venditti is writing comics purely for me and Matt. Um, we had a bit of a thread. You know, we were chatting about it with, with some other with, people, and it was uh-huh. good. But he just replied, going, you finally noticed. So, oh. yeah, that's that's real cool. All right. He's writing books just for us, Connor. We knew it. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go, go for it. Uh, so, Superbad 24 uh, is coming out. Uh, good stuff. Teen Titans 44. Uh, still, uh, the, the, the Teen Titans book right now is just this thing that's existing. That, <laughs> like, I, I forget is there until I, I read something. So then I'm like, oh, yeah, what? that's still a thing. Yeah. One of our viewers or listeners, or, or he goes by uh, Sensig on, on uh, Twitter, has been going back through Teen Titans and is saying that it's really good. Not that like not compared to the John stuff, but it's it's doing its own thing. And that yes, that first arc was bad, but after that, it's really caught up and is doing a real fun story. So I feel like the fans of it are really into it, yeah, uh, and that's why it's kind of in its own little corner. And my, which is good. Red Hood, though, the fans of that yeah. are really into it. Anyhow. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. Well. Uh, it's worth mentioning, much like what was the last? There was there was one in the previous uh, batch that had like a random annual. Uh, I think it was June actually. It was the June schedule had a random annual, even though it wasn't like a, an extra week. But uh, likewise, Teen Titans annual number two. So I assume this was planned for whatever fifth week. Uh, I mean, this is a resolicit, so it probably is that random June annual still. Mm-hmm. No, 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 not in the solicits. There, there was a in the schedule for June. There's an annual coming out in the, the fourth week. Oh, okay, I'm with you now. Uh, I'm not talking about the original source. I'm talking about what was, you know, the oh, last they're, couple they're weeks. Things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's that's is now the second sort of annual that's just kind of been shoehorned into a weird because because normally annuals are relegated to those fifth weekend or the fifth not weekends, but you know what I mean the fifth 
Wednesdays. Yeah. Um, right, so Wonder Woman Dead Earth issue four, which is the final issue of that. So that's two Black Label books ending in in August. Uh, meaning that all we're going to have left Black Label-wise for the time being after that will be Criminal Sanity and... Is that it? <laughs> I think Three Jokers is technically Black oh, yeah, Label okay. and so's Dead... Is Dead Planet? Actually, I don't think Dead Planet is. I don't think Dead Planet is. I think it's Three Jokers, and I think technically that uh, that Harley and Birds of Prey book is Black Label, but obviously we're not covering that. Yeah. Um... Oh, speaking of random annuals, so despite the fact that we have uh, two issues of Tamaki's Wonder Woman, we actually have a Steve Orlando written Wonder Woman annual number four in August, so yeah. We can skip that one. Yeah, we can skip that one. I'm going to skip it. Uh, Young Justice issue 17. I always know we're into the single issues because this is the last one alphabetically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, uh, no surprises uh, there. Uh, what was interesting is I think every single Bendis book was a resolicit. Mm. Uh, mm. Although, uh, I say end of the single issues outside of the main country because there is actually a one Hill House book left a couple entries down. Plunge issue 6, the final issue of the Hill House books for wave one, assuming there's going to be a wave two, I hope there is, but plunge issue yeah. six is out in August. I'm almost certain there will be, um, but like they said before, they don't want to announce any until they're mm-hmm. all done, so it'll take a while. But I'm sure there will. I happen. do. I do wonder if the the quarantine did delay kind of the black label and hellhouse stuff a little bit. You know, in terms of the next waves being announced, like I wonder if that did push them back a little bit. Depends if they were working really? on it already or not, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, because I, I feel like there is a bit of a drought here where it feels like a lot of them have just done now and there's maybe going to be... Because even if they announced them, say, next month for October, which, I mean, October would be a good time to start some Hell House books, admittedly. But that's when yeah. it started last time, in the first the first one, I think the first basket so of maybe, maybe they will aim yeah. for that again. Maybe they would, uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, just whether and there is a couple of other issues after that that are... Um, the Sandman the stuff. Sandman stuff, mostly. Yeah. And and Last God, which is not Sandman. Yeah. But... I, I always skip over those. <laughs> that's that's well, yeah, but a mistake. The reason I wanted to mention it is because um, there are still some books missing from this. Um, some uh, There's a couple we'll get to separately in a minute. But books that, uh, that are still actually missing, a um, couple of those are those Sandman books. There's no Lucifer and there's no House of Whispers. But other things that are maybe more to your interest that are missing, um, no Event Leviathan checkmate that, that was going on uh yeah. far sector's not there and there's no shazam uh, i'm sure they'll all just be back the following month Are those uh, quite possibly but i just thought it was it was notable that we're yeah. getting back to okay august it, um also as well another one that i don't even know if it's been rescheduled for june or july so we might not even be starting this just yet but the man bat mini yeah yeah that's oh, not yeah been, yeah that's not been anywhere you're right uh I mean, I, I, maybe theorizing about it, I just want to quickly mention the uh, the collections. Because I even noticed this first one, this Blackest Night, Brightest Day box set, which has Everything. all of Blackest Night and all the tie-ins, but it also has the big, thick, Brightest Day books that came after as well. So this is a huge box set of trades. So just, yeah, it's like for, yeah for the price, yeah. It, you'd need a whole new shelf just to put that on. Yeah. Like, that, that, that's, that's years of trade collect. Well, not years, but... <laughs> 12 brand new hardcovers, so I'm sure they've added stuff. Oh, they're all hardcover? <laughs> I didn't even yeah. notice that part. So it says 12, 12 brand new hardcovers that collect the entire epic featuring uh, featuring stories by top DC talent. And they go on the list. Yeah, but yeah so. Yeah, some deluxe hardcovers in there. There's a few omnibuses that but have been The box also includes a set of nine plastic rings from across the, across the spectrum. <laughs> so Matt needs it. Yeah, Matt needs it for the rest. I already have those. Yeah, of course he does. <laughs> they're somewhere in a box uh, when I moved. 
Interesting, they're doing a, a Road to No Man's Land omnibus, uh, which I assume means they're going to do a No Man's Land omnibus, probably in two volumes. Uh, but I, I I look at this and I'm like, does this? I assume this doesn't have Contagion, or Cataclysm, rather, because Cataclysm kind of is what starts the Road to No Man's Land, but it's because oh, there's Cataclysm, then there's two books of no, Road to No Man's Land. There's probably a Cataclysm omnibus already. <laughs> I don't think Cataclysm is big enough to just have an omnibus on its own. Unless there's yeah. a lot of tie-ins that weren't included in the Batman book, but I don't think there was. I mean, I don't know. I could be wrong. Uh, so that's kind of weird. They're doing GLA by Grant Morrison on the bus. That's already had Deluxes. It's had trades. It's had everything. So Why not on that. me? Yeah. Interesting, they're doing a trade from the start of Wally West Flash series, uh, issues 118, but it's not a volume one. It's just... You know, which may, may just fit their thing, because the same with Gil Simone's first Birds of Prey didn't number that. They just called it Birds of Prey, colon... Whatever it yeah, was. it's still a thick book though, 18 issues plus the annual. No, I'm always happy to see that. Uh, they're starting uh, the Shazam slash Captain Marvel. Yeah, Power Shazam book one in the beginning. Uh, issues one to 12 uh, of Jerry Ordway's series. So I'm, I'm always happy to see like runs like that starting to be collected again. Hopefully it does well enough to at least continue. And now that we're setting a precedent for some stuff continuing digitally that might not continue physically, which we'll get to in a minute, maybe that's something that can maybe apply to some of these trade series that... Well... Um, we'll we'll talk about the the other stuff in a minute and how DC maybe took a page from Marvel's book, uh, given some recent announcements from them. Uh, Marvel actually are doing that with some dig- uh, with some trades as well, where they're only releasing mm. them digitally. Um, so maybe it's not impossible. Honestly, I'd be all for it because it's really frustrating when you buy the first three volumes of something and then they stop selling, they, they stop releasing new volumes because the physical copies aren't selling enough. Just put them together for phys- for digital so that I can keep buying them in that format, <laughs> please. Uh, uh, mainly just because DC singles don't go on sale that much compared to the trades, so it's really annoying having to like wait for the singles to go on sale. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So you know, I uh, don't want to go through every uh thing that's down in the, the trades and whatnot. So as the solicits, uh, I'll briefly mention because uh, I think last week or the week before we talked about the the June schedule because obviously they had to redo all the dates for what was coming out uh same happened with july so i'm just going to very quickly read through july's schedule which is obviously all stuff that's pre-solicited i just want to tell you when stuff's coming so tuesday july 7th we have batman 94 uh batman now series 14 the batman's grave issue 8 detective comics 1023 the flash 757 that's a weird day for flash still but it's back to normal in august uh the green lantern season 2 issue 5 hawkman 25 justice league odyssey 22 strange adventures issue 3 superman 23 wonder woman 758 and young justice issue 16 i'm just doing the singles there's trades as well but you yeah can... that feels like we're starting to get back to a normal sort of level for our show i think that's uh-huh. like six or seven books between us uh oh between us sure i mean it's not a little bit late for me individually uh, I, I think I'm only... sure that applies to all of us. I just yeah. mean collectively for the show, it's starting to feel like a normal sort of length. Yeah, because uh, I think some of the weeks in July is this, I'm still on like four books for a week here or there, so it still feels a bit late in that sense. But uh, July fourteenth, Aquaman sixty one, Catwoman twenty three, Dark Knight's Death Metal two, Criminal Sanity, Secret Files one, Justice League forty nine, Looney Tunes two five five. Not that we ever talk about that, but I'm saying everything. Metal Men issue eight, Nightwing seventy two, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen issue twelve, which is the finale of that. Uh, Teen Titans forty three wraps up that week. July twenty first, we have Action Comics one thousand twenty three, Amethyst issue four, Batgirl forty seven, Batman ninety five, Batman Beyond forty five, Books of Magic twenty one, Detective Comics one thousand twenty four, The Flash seven five eight. 
Justice League Dark 24, The Last God Issue 7, and Shazam 13. So Shazam 13 is out on in July, which is good. Uh, Tuesday, July 28th. Uh, this is a really quiet week, actually. Uh, Batman Superman 10, uh, Hellblazer 8, Legion of Superheroes Issue 7, Plunge Issue 5, Red Hood Outlaw 47, Suicide Squad 7, and Wonder Woman 759. So that final week is actually quite quiet. It's, it's interesting that it's quiet in terms of the overall amount of books, but for us, it's still actually about on par with the other weeks, where I think we have five books in there. Um, which is on par with, I think, the, the, the second week in July. Yeah, but five is quiet, though. Which is why I'm saying I, I think July's still a quiet month overall, I think. Sure. Uh, I think I think this is the, the 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 layout for the foreseeable future. I think this is losing the Hill House books mostly. Um, is kind of That's like an extra book every week, kind of gone. Yeah, Black Label, obviously, mostly quieting down as well. Uh, so I just wanted to quickly run through those so you've got an idea of when things are coming. Uh, I will say that uh, we have a couple of things that are now concluding digitally that uh, aren't coming out physically. They will be in the trades, the physical trades. Uh, some of these are these sting a little bit more because even though, so I want to make it clear when we talked about this with Marvel last week, I said that I'm in full support of some books after say a six issue arc saying, "Hey, this is not selling enough physically, but it's worth still doing digitally. It's still worth paying the writer and the artist and whoever else to put this out as a book in digital format." Because if that's the, you know, we get to keep doing it and get to keep having the book for that, I think it's a great idea. Uh, and it was a bit awkward with Marvel because it's like really awkwardly after three or four issues where it's just suddenly switching to digital. Uh, the DC examples of this, the two main examples we have here for DC are kind of more frustrating because they're right at the end of relatively longer runs. Uh, where So the first example here, Supergirl, uh, issues 41 and 42 are going to be digital only. So if you've bought issues 1 through 40... <laughs> Physically, what? Yeah, like, like me. <laughs> this is great. I'm gonna have two a two issue gap. Yeah, <sighs> it sucks. I guess this. I think part of this is the printers being, you know, backed up. Mm-hmm. And these are low priority books, and they're like they cancel anyway. They're not selling. This is a waste of time. Well, we could be printing something that is going to sell that we actually need to be printing. Yeah, I, I think it's the one-two punch of their lower-selling books, but they're also just about to end anyway. I think that's the the, the one-two combo here. Yeah, at least this one we knew was ending. The other one was cancelled in this announcement. It probably was. It probably was ending because we were we were expecting this to be cancelled like months and months. Every, every single issue, we're yeah. like, oh, it's still going. And and, and that's just, I think from everything I've heard internally, it was already cancelled. They knew they were cancelling it at the issue yeah. that we're going to get to, but. Mm-hmm. They just made the announcement with this shift. To so, so that issue, for the record, uh, is the Terrifics. The Terrifics is ending um, in August with issue 30. So that's the last three issues of that. So 27 were physical. The last three are only digital. Again, they will be in the physical trade, the last volume of the trade. Just but... uh, September is the last issue. Oh, sorry, September. Sorry. I assumed August because that's what we obviously we're just talking about. No, it's um, May and June, uh, week fours, I believe respectively for for supergirl mm-hmm. and then week ones of july august and september for terrifics there you go so i mean again i think the idea of things switching to digital so they can continue uh, is a really good idea and there's still a benefit here because arguably the the alternative to this is they just don't get to finish which so it's still better than that but it does mm-hmm. feel kind of awkward just having the last couple of issues of a relatively longer series just not coming out in that same format so that's really frustrating uh but yeah so now that um so there's there's not going to be a writer on flash as we know right now mm-hmm. and we know that that yang needs somewhere to be so how, <laughs> how would we like yang on flash i feel like you're you're dream booking i there. would rather not personally mm. oh connor you suck 
I, uh... I, I, I don't really enjoyed Yang that much. I mean, I like New Superman okay. It was fine, but not enough that I wanted to, to continue reading it. His terrifics I outright hated. I couldn't even finish that first issue that he did. Uh, th this is kind of what I was saying earlier when I was talking about how there's all these signs. Like, not that I expect direct replacements for some of these books. Although I can see a new Supergirl book possibly happening and, you know, a relaunch of mm -hmm. some sort. But just the idea that they're kind of cleaning the, the slate a little bit and, let, you know, ending some things that aren't going to be continuing into, into this next phase, whatever it may be now. Uh, so, you know, making room for other books that are going to start. So I, I definitely feel this is another example of that happening as these books ending. DC likes to be publishing a certain amount of books, usually. Like yeah, they roughly. Have a, a rough target. Yeah. Um, I've spoken about this publicly in the past a couple of times. Uh, so it makes sense they'll replace them with something or other. Because we, I remember, it was probably about a year ago, it was before the Hill, just before the Hill House announcement, where there was all the talk of, oh, they're cutting back on their books. They want to get down to you know only 20 or so titles or whatever it was going to be, or, or maybe more than that, whatever. But whatever it was. And I was like, yeah, but once you add in all the Hill House books and all the Black Label stuff, it's actually like they're actually publishing about the same. It's not really any different. Yeah, that was kind of overblown when that was happening. Right. It, it so didn't really like amount to much. probably a similar thing right now where it feels like, oh, we're, we're in that same period before the announcements where we're dwindling books and, and we're feeling it. And we do for a few months, but then we'll get a big, you know, boost of fresh stuff coming in. Yeah, I remember that happening. It's always exciting when the new stuff does come in. So hopefully... Uh, you know, I, I, I'm just saying I'm really glad that Wonder Woman's back to being good because that, you know, it's one of the big characters, but also because it's this double shipping book. It's just... We say good. We're being very hopeful based on the writing team. Uh, That's a good reason yeah. to be hopeful, though. It, it is. It is. Yeah. We can't be sure. <laughs> I have fire faith in Tamaki. Uh, so next bit of news, uh, not, not mainline DC such, but worth mentioning that Jeff Lemire is announcing that he's bringing back Sweet Tooth, which will be at DC because, you know, he did that at Vertigo originally and uh, that's actually lined up with a sh an announcement of the tv show going to netflix because it was at somewhere else but hulu, I believe. it was a hulu uh robert Downey jr is producing it uh so you got a big name recognition there yeah and on the downside to the tv show i think it's beth swartz who's the who was the the arrow showrunner for the last few seasons so temper that excitement i was going to get into the the tv side too much but uh yeah so that, that's just kind of what lined up with this news uh bit of synergy here so there's not a whole lot of uh, details about how it's going to be revived. It's just, we know the title is Sweet Tooth The Return. Uh, yeah, I actually know he's working on issue two already because um, he posts a little image uh, to, to announce this. Yeah, I actually read all of Sweet Tooth uh, a few years ago now, admittedly, but I read all 40 issues of it and it was an enjoyable See, Not my favourite Jeff Lemire work. It's not my um, favourite Jeff Lemire work either. It's probably like maybe fourth. That's so solid. Good. You know, I, I had fun with it. Um... So, no, it's, it's, it's interesting news, and we'll, we'll see what it amounts to. It's interesting to see how they sort of brand this, and now with, you know, no vertigo, and everything's been kind of black label. I guess it meant yeah, to be a black yeah, label. Yeah, they've been reprinting the trades under black label anyway. Oh, have so, oh, okay. this will just go straight under black label. So, there you go. Uh, I wanted to just mention something about uh, Diamond and uh, the, you know, the, the, the desire to keep this Tuesday schedule. I actually didn't bother checking, but DC solicits for August. Are they still Tuesdays? Yes. Yes, they are. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, so basically, there was some in interviews with uh, the head of Diamond, uh, Steve Gappy here. Uh, whatever his actual job title is, I, I didn't bother checking. But he was talking about DC's decision to sort of break away from exclusivity. And what I thought was interesting about this is that, and maybe a reason why other publishers might take a bit more time if they are going to jump ship or do other things, is that 
DC, when they renewed their contract, uh, like about a year and a half ago, actually put a new clause in their agreement. And I, I thought this part was really interesting, is that they could, uh, at any time, with six weeks' notice, start publishing through somewhere else. With, without exclusivity. Uh, without any reason. They have to have a reason for it. They just have to give six weeks' notice. And they exercised that, obviously, as soon as this quarantine stuff kicked in. And Diamond went, sure, why not? No one else is going to yeah. distribute them anyway. And then, and then the world decided to end. And this is this is what happened. But I think that's interesting. like, Because it makes me think back to that time period. I'm like, obviously they saw this. Because obviously books didn't just stop as soon as everything started stopping. There was a build-up to us expecting. You know, we, we, were, we were for about a month. I mean, it was very, it was very like, a lot was happening week to week. And then it was like, oh, I wonder if we'll still have books in two weeks. And then the very next week, oh, next week's the last week of books. <laughs> like, we're stopping. And I wonder, like... When you look at it, like it took like that month to get to like the start of May, end of April to start publishing books. I wonder if that gap was purely because of the six weeks notice, rather than because it took that long to get set up. It was more that no, no, no. We end this, on this date sometime in March. They said, okay, we're going to do this, but we we can't do it for six weeks because that's the notice period. Hmm. Yeah, I bet DC would like again. Look, can you get this go get ready? in yeah. six weeks yeah can you can you be ready to ship books in six weeks and they're like well, give, give us eight because <laughs> i wonder if dc because obviously everything was happening so fast this stuff was closing over march and whatnot i wonder like if they could have foreseen it a little bit earlier would they have had it prepped would would they have been able to just shift immediately into Which, uh, whichever lawyer put that clause in deserves a bonus <laughs> yeah so but it, but it does make me wonder though we're talking about you know marvel or the smaller publishers having conversations with them and and marvel haven't had conversations as far as we know but they may at some point you know there's a possibility maybe you know can they just change do they have to wait till the current contract expires and because dc are doing this and because that option's on the table i wonder how that affects negotiations with diamond does it is it in their favor that Diamond like have to make them offers? They have to be competitive with them because otherwise they'll they'll just go somewhere else. Uh, but alternatively, are Diamond more stingy with these clauses? Like, no, no, you have to put in. Well, you I can't mean, go anywhere. What'd be really interesting if if it gets to the point of oh, it's contract renewal time. If they I don't, you're not having this clause in. Do, do they just go? Do they just walk knowing that there are other distribution mm -hmm. options now? Because yeah. up till this point. It, there hasn't been any other options. It was diamond or, or piss off. Yeah, no. Nah, I mean, for all the, the turmoil of all this, this may actually be a very positive change because competition is good and diamond have had a monopoly for so long. 25 years. <laughs> 25 years, yeah. Precisely. So I, I, I cannot see how this doesn't end up as a potentially positive move. Even if it's just a simple case of it, is it forces diamond to be better? And then Diamond main sta you know, stays as the, the, the top dog that most people use. That'll be fine, as long as it forces them to be better. Yeah, see, I just remember when the, they did that, uh, what was it, like, a, like a, a conference, like a meeting thing that they put up, like the state of Diamond. And a lot of what those guys were saying was not putting the shop owners at ease. Like, mm -hmm. they understand what's going on. So... I don't know. Hopefully they can learn, but like the way the market's supposed to work, right, is competition. Competition's supposed to make things better for the consumer. So who knows? I just know from a lot of the shop owners that I hear from, you know, via Twitter and and social media and whatnot, they're kind of happy that there's multiple 
streams for it. Yeah. So. I mean, there's not some shops, of course, who are determined to hate change of any kind, but okay. you always yeah. get those people. Out of interest, Matt, do you know if your shop is using any of the new distributors or if they I, stuck just purely with Dynamo? No, so I haven't been able to get down there yet because they're still doing curbside. And, you know, I'm still just trying to stay home. Like, we're not. Yeah, yeah, cool. Just, just because you got the green light doesn't mean you should go. No. So I, I only ask because I know my store has a great social media presence in keeping people updated uh, in exactly what they're doing. Um, so I was just wondering if, if you'd heard anything. Yeah, one one little bit of news I wanted to just throw in here at the end of this bit is uh, just that DC said that their digital readership increased 35% on DC Universe in the past... Uh, uh, what was the time period here? So I'll, I'll, re- I'll just read this from Newsarama. Uh, so, digital readership increased to 35% on its DC Universe streaming service uh, and the app between the months of February and April. So, March, basically. <laughs> uh, so, well, I'm assuming they're including all of April in that. I guess. Well. Uh, but as of May 12, the streaming service will be home to 23,000 digital card books, blah, blah, blah. Uh, a lot of blurb. To be honest, a lot of PR blurb. But. I do think it's interesting that digital readership probably has seen an increase, especially since there's no new books coming out over the month of April. It makes sense that digital readership would uh, soar. So maybe some people will get more used to digital and the, the fears that the comic book shops have had all these years of the, the digital taking away some physical readers. Uh, this may actually be the thing that does it a little bit. What's, just a little what's bit. What's really interesting to me as a user of DC Universe is if you go into their comic section, um, the most read stuff is always, consistently without fail, the most recent releases on DC Universe, which is mm. uh, you know, the, the stuff that's a year old. So, so there's some people. So there's some people who are just being a year behind and reading them that way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it shows. Yeah, hmm. it's interesting. Uh, maybe we could all save a lot of money by just having DC Universe and just being a year behind. <laughs> Just, we'll take a year off this show we'll and just, come we'll, back in a year's time. Yeah, we're just we're just minus a year at all times, just so we're in, in line still, with that. Still not watching nor reading Doom Patrol, so y'all can forget that. Watch Doom Patrol, you Philistine! No, I back in June. I don't yeah, I don't have DC Universe. Well, so. you're gonna get HBO Max, let's face it. And yeah. it's gonna be on HBO Max yeah. on the same day. So you've got that's, no excuse. Yeah, well, I mean I don't want to watch it, so that's my excuse. <clears throat> Alright. Uh that's what I had for news. I don't know if Connor had any other little tidbits. I've got, two other bits that are both diamond related okay mm-hmm. uh one is so diamond have been pushing their whole comeback thing for this coming week um it's not going so well uh <laughs> all, basically most of the dc books aren't getting to diamond this week <laughs> um don't, so, ca- don't call it a comeback because it's not <laughs> no, all, the, the list of books um uh batman the outside is 12 DC Superstar 17 facsimile edition, Hawkman 23 and its variant, House of Whispers 20, Joker Harley Criminal Sanity 4 and its variant, Flash 753 and its variant, Green Lantern Season 2 Issue 3, Wonder Woman 755, and unfortunately for Matt, Year of the Villain, Hell Arisen 3, third printing, and Flash Giant Issue 4. Mm-hmm. So all of those are books that should have been coming out through Diamond this, this coming week. Um, there has been some sort of transportation issue from the printers to Diamond. So they will all be arriving with these, the book scheduled for release on May 26th instead. Comic pirates. There's pirates on the on the highways uh, yeah. to, uh, ambushing the truck, the delivery truck, and stealing the comics. Like in, uh, like in the first Fast and the Furious, which don't forget those movies were about people stealing... Uh, DVD players. Uh, DVD players. Yep. And, and now they're going to space. 
Yeah, well, I watched Bloodshot this week. Uh, look for the Atomic Cinema Experiment episode on Blood, uh, Bloodshot next week, guys. Oh, yeah, I, I did it during the quarantine okay. episodes, so... Yes, yeah. yes, you did. I noted that on the episode because you told me all the twists of that movie. I forgot them all. And then as they were happening, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that car told me about this. I I'll be honest, I didn't this. think you were going to care enough to watch it or do it on the ace. So I didn't think, I, I didn't think you hey, cared about hearing the spoilers. It's Nana Super Soldiers. It's science fiction. I mean, it is. But it doesn't mean you you care enough i mean but either way it's, it doesn't matter <laughs> do, do, are you really that bothered did i ruin the movie for you no you, you had no. no effect whatsoever <laughs> <laughs> on that movie uh, uh, yeah. okay what was the other uh, thing uh this is regarding to diamond uk and they've set out their plan for the next you know month and a half or so so we got comics in the uk at comic stores for the first time this past week uh monday the 11th because uh, they were just like, yeah, just just sell them on the Monday. It's fine. Um, for the first time since before the, the the quarantine, these were the actually these were the comics that were supposed to come out at the end of March. Uh, it's those issues. We only just got those. Um, the, the, so the last week that everyone else got. Yeah, uh, Matt's pulling the face. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, and what they're doing going forward is we will only be receiving comics in stores every two weeks until at least the end of July. So we won't be getting a shipment on this week, the 18th. So these books that are coming out uh, that, that are delayed at all of Diamond anyway. So it's kind of irrelevant this week. But after that, uh, we'll be coming out the following week with those books. But it's the same for all of June and all of July, I believe, where they're kind of doing the same system of every two weeks. So does that mean that UK listeners of the show, who are not digital, of course, because digital obviously is the saving grace right now, uh, we're, we're going to have like a, a decrease of listeners every two weeks, but then in the weeks where the books come out and they can read all their books and then go back and listen to those two episodes, that will spike. So we're going to have like this spike every two weeks of it's from the very UK. Very possible, yeah. Because <laughs> they obviously the way that they always talk about books until they've read them. Uh, or maybe they do. So some people do. Some people just want to hear what's going on for the books they don't read, which is fair. Uh, that's why you use timestamps, folks. Nice to do. But it's interesting you bring up books from March because that leads us nicely on to the next segment, which is the March sales figures, which I finally remembered to do. It is time. It is time. Oh, yes. No, nope, don't like that. Figures. Okay. I, I'm going to leave you to it because I'm going to go and read an important update about my job. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's not that. that this is more important than, than Connor's job. I I I, I, I fully I fully. Oh, so you're paying, his, you're paying his wages now, Pete. Spiritually. All right, fine. You are your own, Matt. Go on. I I dare you. I dare you to guess number one for for March. Man, March is so long ago now. I know. <laughs> Mar uh, March is like another lifetime ago at this point because everything that's happened. It's, it's a Marvel book, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, it came out. What was oh, big on Marvel? It's a Marvel uh, number one, and I guarantee you issue two will not be repeating this feat. <laughs> no. Is it Spider-Man related? No. Kind X -Men of? Related. I guess. I got kind of Spider-Man, I suppose, in a way. Is a black hat? No, but that wasn't a number one. No. Um, uh, it's kind of Spider-Man related. Is it Mary Jane? No. No. I I got nothing. It's Spider Woman issue one. 
Okay. There was a Spider-Man, Spider-Woman issue one. There was. Uh, it sold wow. 142,000 copies. There's shenanigans in that number. I don't, I don't buy yeah. that. That's a. I mean, a lot of variants is what I'm saying. A lot of sexy mm-hmm. variants is what I'm assuming that is. Yeah. Uh, number two and three are both Batman. Uh, so this is the fuse list, okay. by the way, that combines the DC variants that are separated on the list right. to, for a, a fair you know, comparison. Uh, so, but yeah, Batman 90 and 91. Uh, not in that order, though. 91 is actually a little bit higher. Uh, okay. So that's there. Number four, uh, Flash 750. Uh, that's the big uh, anniversary issue, obviously, the, with the, mm-hmm. all the stories. So that's why that's so high. It's kind of sad right. that Wonder Woman was able to get to number one with this big issue, but Flash could only get to number four. Uh, so that's a bit of a shame. Well, I mean, that's kind of where he always is, right? He's, he's yeah. always the fourth behind the other ones. Yeah, I, I do wonder though if part of this is them overdoing these anniversary issues. Like, see, see if yeah. they, see if this had been like even just six months after Wonder Woman and they sort of hyped it up, sort of fresh. Maybe they could have done something. Yeah, but but then because it's Joker, Joker's gonna do more and it's gonna negatively reinforce. You know. Well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how those do. We will get three of them yeah. in one month, Matt. So we'll see how those do. I, come yeah. June. Uh, so, uh, number five is Thor, issue four, uh, with 75.9,000. Uh, number six is X-Men, issue eight, with 75,000. Number seven is Wolverine, issue two, with 74,000. That's pretty good. See, seeing an issue two get that high is a good sign, because, mm-hmm. you know, issue ones are inflated. Issue two is a bit more... It'll still dip a bit more, but it's just more realistic as to what the, the book's going to be doing. Uh, number eight is Strange Academy. I think that's a Doctor Strange-related thing. I think so. I think uh, Tim was telling me that in Doctor Strange and its uh, surrounding books, he's in Vegas now, which is weird. Oh. So, yeah. So that's probably uh, that. Interesting. Uh, so then we get number nine is X-Men, number nine, and number 10 is Immortal Hulk issue 33 with 68.7 thousand. Uh, interestingly, uh, talking about these anniversary issues not doing so hot, uh, there was another one that month. There was another DC one that month. 100 page, super spectacular. Oh, yeah, the Robin. The Robin one. That's actually number 12 uh, with 60,000. Wow. So, yeah. don't get me wrong. If you, if you put, a, if there was a Robin ongoing, I'm sure that's much better than the Robin ongoing we'd be doing. But still, not mm-hmm. like breaking the world on fire. No. Setting the world on fire is what you, I should have said there. I said breaking the world on fire, because why not? Uh, Strange Adventures issue one. Maybe curious to know that uh, that came out number 13 with 58.6 thousand. Probably good for what is effectively a little you know, art house comic book. Uh, Tom King's got enough credit at this point that he can do that with his, mm-hmm. his series. Uh, Deceased Unkillables issue 2, 56,000. Always happy to see Taylor's stuff selling well. Yep. So I think that's pretty much everything that's worth mentioning. Uh, <laughs> You're the villain, Hella Risen issue 4, uh, number 48 with 32,000. I I mean, given how issue three sold out everywhere, I'm curious to see what issue three, the combined numbers yeah. for issue three actually did, but uh, is what it is. Uh, O'Connor's joined us again. Uh, we're just about done with the sales figures, yeah, sneaky bastard, but... Uh, Look, I'm sorry, there, there was genuinely serious news that I had to go and read. Uh, that's fine. Uh, yeah, Spider-Woman number one was, uh, was number one, which we'd never have guessed. No, I didn't know it existed. 142,000. I, I expect They definitely gained those numbers. Yes. Uh, so that's sales figures for March. Uh, who knows when we'll have more sales figures and in what form it'll take. What, what well, I mean, there's beast? not going to be any for April. Oh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> obviously, there's no April sales figures. And, and let's be honest, there's not going to be any for May, given that Diamond will well, run a ship in one week in May. 
technically April, DC did have a few books out in that last week that we didn't cover because it was like Daphne Burn. So Daphne Burn is the top selling comic book for April 2020. <laughs> Daphne Burn. That was April? Yeah, that was last week of April. So I told him when he started, March was so long ago. I thought the last week of March was the last week of comics. It is, but remember, DC's first week of publishing was a week before we came back because it was only oh, Daphne yeah, Burn. Oh, yeah, yeah, but my point was that, that wasn't through Diamond, so none of them will be counted. I know, but I'm saying that if technically yeah, speaking, yeah. Daphne Burr is the highest selling comic book. I mean, maybe not. I mean, maybe the one of the reprints sold more, but still. Okay, you might be correct on that. That is fair. Uh, but I was just thinking, yeah, there won't be charts. Of course not, no. Uh, unexpected error. What are you doing? What are you doing to me, comics list? No, comics list. I need you for later in the show. Oh, there we go. Right. Uh, okay. Okay, so we can actually move on then. We can move on then uh, to books. We have books to talk about. Uh, and we actually had so much news to talk about that this, despite the fact that we only have a couple of books, this won't actually be a super short show, which is nice. Uh, so we will start off with Justice League issue 44, written by Robert Vendetti, art by Zermanico. That was a nice surprise, actually, because I'd, for- mm-hmm. I'd forgotten. If I knew that ever, it, I'd forgotten. So, I'm, sure, I'm sure we knew it at the time when it was solicited because we'd have pointed this out. Yes. But it was so long ago that... Yeah, forget these things yes uh so no super super cool uh, so this is what's neat about this is this didn't actually end in the middle of an arc when it went, we went on break so this actually was a nice nope. fresh just jump in go from here jump in and mm-hmm. enjoy some semanico drawing greek mythological Monsters. creatures yeah they yeah. are really good i will say because I, I i love zermanico's art and wonder woman i will say i love the art here too there's a lot of stuff to love i don't like the coloring as much as the coloring that he, that he had with him on Wonder Woman, because this is this is maybe closer to a a Manipole sort of coloring style. Yeah, this is a uh, Fajardo Junior. Um, yeah, familiar, yeah, they are a bit muted. But... I wonder if that was the same colorist we had on Wonder Woman. I, I don't think so. It definitely looked different if it if it was the same person. Uh, but you know, so yeah, basically Aquaman is fighting some monsters. He's called in the Justice League to come and help. Uh, they show up, uh, and there's uh, some some fun banter. I actually I really liked because uh, we see like some mythical creatures that attack the the uh-huh. ship they're on. The you know, they're, 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 well, I can't remember what they call it, but the the, the plane. And it's the javelin. The javelin. Thank you. Uh, and there's a great page actually. So so the flyers leave the, the thing, and there's some banter between Flash and Batman. And I did really like two page spread uh, where. The, the side of the page is like flashing Batman kind of like, you know, all this turbulence, the plane's going down. Mm-hmm. And then the other side is just Wonder Woman having caught the plane uh, before it hits the ground. Can, can Be- we stop? Beautiful page. Yeah. Beautiful page. I just uh, just wanted to check. It was the same colorist that he had on Wonder Woman. Oh, was it? So, oh. uh, so it's just they're just choosing a different style for the Justice, Justice League book. I, I guess, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, I definitely prefer the color in that, but I mean, it obviously still looks great. Uh, I, all detail here I really like is that Obviously, Batman's also experiencing the turbulence in those panels at the side, but he actually realizes that everything's okay first and is back to being normal Batman while Barry's still sort of bracing himself. And that's the whole joke, yep. you know. Still bracing, still bracing. You can stop. Yeah. Uh, yep. So that's fine. And so they meet up with Aquaman, and the issue is fairly straightforward in that it's, you know, that's fight these metal creatures. Why, why are they here? They, they seem to be targeting Wonder Woman now that Wonder Woman's here. Why is that happening? But there's a lot of big spreads of big, you know, hydras oh, and gorgeous stuff. That yeah. that, that double page spread that uh, with all the monsters and the, you know, it's each it's split into yeah. like you know, 
five or six panels uh, from the corners. Yes, yeah, it's, it's almost like uh, like the rays of a sun. If you think of the corner being the sun, because mm-hmm. they've got like a circle. Yeah. 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 Um, absolutely gorgeous, those those pages in particular. Yeah, really good stuff. Uh, so, I mean, honestly, like, it's, a really, it's probably not going to win any awards for its storytelling, really, but the art is so gorgeous that it's just fun watching the heroes fight these big bastard monsters, really. Yeah. And let's be honest, yep. how often have me and Matt talked about how we, we love when we play with actual mythology things and yep. throwing in all these creatures that is like, oh yeah, this is cool. Well, what's funny about yeah. it is that ultimately it turns out not to really be mythologically focused. It's just that that happens to be what's triggered first. Uh, cause yeah, yeah. We, we have this narrator the whole time talking about vengeance and maybe if you thought about it for two seconds you'd realise what we're building to, mm-hmm. especially given the colour of the box that the narration's in, but... Uh, we, end, we end a bit with the spectre and the, the thing that starts to happen at the end of the book is that all the grievances that the justice league might have with each other start to come out their eyes glow green and we have like uh superman saying i carry the rest of you you know i you know you i'm, I'm the strongest here uh yeah john's calling out batman going hey you know you you always make yourself leader but i actually have experience mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, aquaman's like you're always judging me wonder woman uh, so, so they're all just starting to really bicker and all this stuff's coming out and the final page is the, the spectre in the sky looking down all in time. Again, art's gorgeous. Like, the art, the art is the, 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 is the showpiece here, right? The art is what made this. Mm-hmm. This was a really enjoyable read and it was, it'd be, I mean, if the art was just okay, it would be a fine enough comic, but the art made this sing. It's, oh, absolutely. It's, this, this it's is really fun. You know, like, you know, when he, sometimes you get people who are like, oh, why, you know, the, the art doesn't matter as much as the writing or mm-hmm. whatever. This is one of those issues where you can hand to someone and go, no, no, this is why it's a visual medium. This is why the art matters as much as it does. Because yeah. this issue, the script is fine. Like you say, it's well, it's perfect, perfectly enjoyable, but it's the art that makes it a, a story. Well, and not just that, too. If you're familiar with these monsters, Zermanico is also doing them his own way. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like like the manticore. It's got the, the scorpion tail and the lion mane and, and a human face. And most of the time, that that gets left behind by artists, right? They don't try to adapt it from from myth, but he's going for it. And even Scylla, which has had so many different forms, half expecting to see Caridibus show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I uh, so, I'm a little disappointed they didn't. I I'd go as far as to say that if if the art wasn't as great in this, I would probably criticize the issue for being too much just fighting. Because if I wasn't enjoying the art so much in that middle chunk mm-hmm. of the issue, where it's just a lot of fighting the monsters, I'd probably be kind of like, this is just one big fight. And how many times do we complain about a comic book issue that's, oh, it's just one big fight, and the fight itself's not that interesting. But here's... Well, when the fight's fun to read, that's okay. Yeah, they are, they are so good here that I, I was into every single beat of the fight. Everything looks so good. So uh, it's hard to really fault it that much. Uh, it's interesting, it's only a two-part story, because this feels like it could be the start of a six-issue arc, given what, what this ends on. This feels like it yeah. could be a long story, but obviously it's a two-parter. Uh, actually, no. Is that a two-parter? We don't know if it's a two-parter. I, I don't remember. Why am I thinking but two-parter? I, I do. The, the no, part that stuck out... A, a six-part arc finished by, by August. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it has to be short, because we, we have a different yeah. writer doing a six-issue arc that ends okay. in August, so... Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I, I do like when they're rounding up the, the creatures, and uh, Aquaman's like, oh, I know a hippogriff when I see one. So then I look, and I was like, that's not, that's not a hippogriff. And, I did the same uh, and Wonder Woman goes, no, it's a griffin. Hippogriff has a, the back quarters of a horse. But it's okay. I understand why you'd be confused. And I was like, okay, this is this is going out. This is playing out like it should. 
Yeah. So, Matt and Connor yeah. being two of maybe oh, not a fun. I, I really wanted to see. So, you know, there's the point where the, the, the pit to Tartarus opens yeah. and and she starts diving down, but she, she obviously, you yeah. know, hooks herself on the, the sword with the mm-hmm. lasso. I kind of want to see Zamanico's rendering of Tartarus. Yeah. Well, and I like how she points out, too, that Tartarus is it's a mystical realm, so it's kind of everywhere at once, and the main entrance is below Themyscira, uh, as we've seen. Well, in, also at the bottom of the stuff. earth. So, right. Here. Right, so, um, yeah, yeah, so I wonder what that would look like spatially. Yeah, because right? um, that's, that's, that's a fun sequence in the book where she, like, lures all the monsters, because they're all chasing her, so she lures them all down yep. into the pit, and then sort of, you know, lassos right. and gets back yeah. up. Well, uh, that's, it's that's funny the thing about Tartarus, too, is... Talking about, um, we talked about the, the Percy Jackson books in, yep. uh, in quarantine, and then there was news, so I started rereading them. Um, but it reminded me of the, the way that that plays with myth in, okay, it's still set out in terms of the way myth works but mm-hmm. uh the locations move right uh, it kind of played the same here with with tartarus being well it's at the bottom of the earth sure but it's also under themiscara and maybe other places mm-hmm. that are appropriately work right yeah so it moves with the culture yeah right. all right cool uh so yeah pretty straightforward issue but uh nice to look at and uh expecting mm-hmm. a quick wrap up again because we have that six issue arc to start pretty soon so uh yep. yes so here we here we go uh what were you rating them at um it was 8.5 I, I really like this one connor yeah same for me i had a blast reading this uh, i was gonna go straight eight, mainly because like it is all in the art pretty much <laughs> like it is, yeah. it, like this is one where if, if the if it felt like it was doing something extra with the story as well i'd, I'd probably be willing to go higher but uh, but as, as a showpiece that's made almost entirely from the art for me, then yeah, 8 out of 10. Alright, so that'll take us on to our second and final new book <laughs> of the week. Yep. Uh, that is Lois Lane, issue 10, Greg Rucker writing with Mike Perkins on the art. So, uh, a lot of two-page layouts in this one, actually. Uh, yeah. I wasn't prepared for that. Uh, unexpected as to what this issue became, actually. Yeah. Yeah, so... I not that I forgot about it, but with with having such, you know, having only two books really this week, not that I put it off, but I was like, I still got to read this this morning. Um, so when I sat down to read it, I was like, oh, I'm on a time crunch, and then it, it started going into a different place, and I started getting two page spreads. I was like, oh, this is not going to take as long. Then I started reading what those two pages spreads were, and I was like, oh, okay, no, <laughs> there's yeah, they're two page spreads, but they are, even though it's not like the Bendis style word vomit of, of a bunch of exposition there's a lot to chew on in those two page spreads yeah i mean it's not for the most part it's not stuff that we're unfamiliar with as dc readers because no. it's, it's, it's kind of recapping the idea of a multiverse because the first half of the book mm-hmm. is basically renee who's with jessica midnight and uh and mm-hmm. a sister sister clarice thank you uh and she's with them and she's trying to explain that you may be able to help with this kiss of death, right? You may be able to do something about this. And she's like, what are you talking about? And she's all confused. And what we find out is happening here is that Jessica Midnight, much like some of the other characters, is having essentially this crisis internally of like multiple mm-hmm. memories or versions of herself, like sort of like existing in, within her. And she's like, I can kind of remember she used to do magic in this other life, mm-hmm. but can't really remember how. And she, saw, she says that in a bunch of different ways. Also, was it just me or was Renee Montoya looking a lot at Michelle Rodriguez in this issue? A, a lot. I, I yeah, saw it a few times in this. Yeah, uh, some reference pictures may have been used. Very mm-hmm. possibly, but she's kind of explaining uh, this. So we get a bunch of two-page layouts. 
that have you because know, the first one is like just like splitting to three and we have like a bunch of different supermen which for the record don't think i didn't notice the reeve and margot kidder flying from the movie and that top yeah, yeah, yeah. uh and batman and, and wonder woman so the, 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 the trinity right we got three uh, different matt fill me in what's the egyptian superman one from i don't think that's egyptian i think that's the aztec and there was a story about okay. him i can see that yeah landing there and and how different he would have been um i, I all i know think? is i need it yeah, yeah there's that well then you have him with Lori lamar or Lori lamaris right with the, with the mermaid girl um you have the killing joke era joker mm-hmm. right that's where that's from the the and the original batman yeah and the original detective comics batman but there yep. it looks the mm-hmm. swashbuckling one it looks like it, it, i think it's the color scheme but it looks like this could be uh a Batman that, that decided to be Raz's successor. Yeah, uh, you got the year well, one. Well, there's also the pirate Batman Elseworlds. Oh yeah, yeah, I yeah. know it's from that, yeah. but it's, it just it yeah. looks like it could gotcha. be that. Yeah, and you got the, yeah. the year one uh, cover there as well, mm-hmm. and then Wonder Woman. You've got a bunch of different versions as well. Yeah, Robot Wonder. So. But what here? What I like though too is that where it talks about um, it kind of almost goes in defiance of Morrison's multiverse, where there's a set number of worlds, right? But then each of those worlds has a different outcome to them. So it's kind of cheating. Well, Rucka takes that here to where we're going. Like there's basically an almost infinite number of worlds based on each decision up to the point where the numbers are so large that they should be um, patently impossible but become incredibly probable and then ultimately inevitable. So basically saying like originally with the multiverse, it was anything you could imagine – there's something out there, right? Yeah, and, and that this, this kind of still works in context of Dark Multiverse. So, okay, mm-hmm. they're not the, the, the core fifty-two, but they all still exist, however briefly. Right. However mm-hmm. briefly, and so that's where I like where we have Rucka taking something with with what's coming with with Death Metal, right? I don't know how much he was aware of any of this going on with how this fits in with the story and how it fits in with what's going on in Superman and whatnot. But once you start getting the rest of these pages and how it fits in with, with midnight and who she was and like, I feel like I should know where she was a witch, but I think that's new. I think that's something he's adding hmm. to the character now. Yeah, um, just before I move before my next point, I just want to say that the, the, the this brief bit or a swamp thing there makes me, remember that i really want perkins to do some swamp thing <laughs> i'll just mention that as i'm on that page well, but yeah who's the uh the i'm, I'm assuming chinese uh green lantern I, I don't recognize that one so i that that reminds me of the tangent universe to where you had this they took the names and names only of them and where you had like the superman who was the main villain and you had a batman who looked more like a knight um it was it was a whole thing I'm sorry, uh, but, I'm, I'm intrigued. Uh, if if, if look, any yeah. uh, listeners know, please uh, please tell yeah. me. Yeah, uh, so, so it looks like the Tangent Universe. So, yeah, so basically, this is the first time in a while that we've been reminded that technically Lois and Superman did come from another like universe, yeah. technically. And Renee kind of brings it up that Lois, you know, she's, I don't think she's from this world originally. Even though we kind of merged them, obviously, with Superman Reborn, like, we, we did do something to kind of like smooth it out. But this idea of like, okay, there's multiple versions of the timeline that you actually have existing within you. Lois kind of has that, uh, and Renee's kind of acknowledging, and Midnight's kind of having that. And 
I kind of like obviously anytime they reiterate the idea that anything that ma- happened mattered because everything is important mm-hmm. even if things reset and we do different things it's a very um, Morrison approach isn't it yeah so yeah. I, I kind of dig that but it's interesting that we're using that as a story mechanic here where it's like okay you can do this you knew this in a different timeline and it does almost make me wonder if there is some kind of plan to maybe not have everyone but have some characters actually get to remember their past or or utilize skills they had in different versions of themselves or things yeah. like that and it, and it's playing with with midnight as a checkmate agent mm-hmm. but also it's like that, that's who you were and that's why you're in that asylum because you're having a, your brain's having a hard time merging both but you know we can also tap in into that but as well as the magic so basically she's lois almost has a ace up her sleeve here with dealing with kiss of death that they don't that lois knows about kiss of death being like a cult based but not exactly the ins and outs right mm-hmm. so this is this is her counter and we we get to a scene with lois and superman where she's hiding out well, and he keeps running this is, uh, a, this is a weird thing structurally actually because the mm-hmm. first half of the book is with montoya and like, to the point where i thought the whole mm-hmm. issue was going to be that where you just know Lois for most of the issues. Yeah, because yeah. you see Lois on the first page like typing away and working, but it's, it's with narration of Renee talking to Midnight. And I felt like, oh, so we're just going to sort of like, Lois is going to be sort of like seen in the background working away and whatever's happening and maybe just like tease at the end. But no, then at the, the halfway point, it shifts completely to Lois and Superman where he's just making sure right. she's okay. And there's, there's this running gag here where he keeps speeding out and coming back because he's, there's, a, there's an oil fire somewhere and there's almost a suicide right. attempt and stuff. He keeps and- flying off and coming back. And she's basically like, I can, I can handle, you know, I, I know what I'm doing, but thank you. And then that, that plays into, you know, what Kiss of Death wants to do because Superman's telling her, you know, you're, you're really good at what you do. And I, I know you don't need my help, but, you know, I'm always right there. And so when Kiss of Death does show up because Lois orders a pizza with a credit card. Which was set up, really, up, which was set which up was nicely set up. because Superman, when when he, she's telling him that she's being yeah. careful, she makes a point of mentioning, right. "I'm not using credit cards, I'm not doing right. this." So as soon as she says, "I would like to order my pizza," I'd like to order a pizza. I'm going to use my credit card. Like you know exactly what she's doing. Yep. She's intentionally drawing her out. So so Kisadas shows up and goes to to shoot, knowing that Superman's taking care of some typhoon halfway across the globe. Um, and that's where Jessica Midnight goes to use her magic right but she has almost like a panic attack because she she kind of remembers but not really and sister clarice steps in and this is where i remembered sister clarice has been in another rucka book which then i had to go pull up right so she steps in and does the magic and swaps kiss of death with um herself is it with, yeah, herself. with herself? Yeah, she, she's the yeah. one teleports, okay. yeah. That's right. Because they're, so, they're, they're not with Lois. It's worth mentioning here. They're still right. wherever they are, right? And right. she teleports her. And so the big cliffhanger of the book, because there's a whole bit of tension here where Kiss of Death shows up mm-hmm. with Lois. Just shoot. And, she's kind of st- and Lois is kind of stalling. And it's like, oh, you know, she's got the gun pointed at her. She's like, mm-hmm. Superman can't come to help you. She's too busy. And we're seeing Midnight try to perform the spell and whatever else in the world. And she's like, you know, guys, now would be a good time for this. Now would be a good time. Mm-hmm. Anytime you're ready. And then Sister Clarice steps in and spots switches bodies. But the big cliffhanger, of course, is that as the uh, the teleportation happens, the, the gun's being fired. So she immediately, as soon as she lands, 
she actually shoots mm-hmm. Renee because Renee happens to be standing in front of her. Uh, right. Uh, I, but I just I love the the visual of her pulling off her head to reveal the skull, the mask. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty great. I love it. It's great. So that's the cliffhanger. The cliffhanger is a uh, Renee bleeding from a, a bullet wound, saying "Nice shot." Uh, as midnight is clearly still freaking out, and why wouldn't she be? <laughs> right. Um. But yeah. So when when Sister Clarice brings up that she was the instrument of God's mercy. I just think it's it's hilarious that that's the same week that the Justice League book came out with the end of the Spectre. I know, I, because, I, I, I thought that, because there's a very Spectre description of themselves. Mm. Yeah, so there was a, a Final Crisis book called Revelations, and that's where I remember Sister Clarice coming from, to where Christmas Allen was the new Spectre, which, of course, Christmas Allen popped up in uh, another Rucka book in, in Gotham Central, right? And so he became, right after... At some point, uh, he became the Spectre throughout that era, and Revelations is all about uh, the Book of Crime, I think. It, it's really worth checking out if you haven't read it. Um, it's, it's Rucka doing a lot of his Batwoman and a lot of other stuff that goes throughout. But she shows up, and there was, you know, she was the, the counterpoint, right? The yin to the yang of the Spectre, where she was she was the mercy aspect known as the Radiant and stuff so i like again rucka bringing up stuff so i, I do have a question before. here though i have a question mm-hmm. in that okay so they've teleported if this was the plan they've teleported kiss of death mm-hmm. there kiss of death's now in a room with midnight and montoya and well that may not have been the exact combination expected right what's the plan now that they've got her here because kiss of death may just you know kill midnight like uh, i'm well, assuming the midnight plan was, was to supposed to swap in the circle yeah very possibly very possibly yeah uh, right, because we don't know because she shot her from across the room. I'm just, right? I'm just curious what the plan is from yeah. here. And obviously, things might be changed up a little bit because Montoya just got shot. But yeah, I'm sure that that's where Montoya came in with the question stuff where yeah. she she can put her down until can proper authorities get there. Yeah, not not with a, a bullet wound in the gut though. Um, yep. So yeah, that's cool. But yeah, really. Really, really good ending. Not not at all what I was expecting in Lois Lane to, to go on this diatribe of the multiverse and who these people are and Renee remembering that she was a cop in, in Gotham. So is that not the case now? Right? Has she always just been the question? Or or was she? Like, it, it's this... It, I love it. Like you're saying, it, yeah. it counts and, you know, it, it kind of does find the face of Morrison, but it also leans into Morrison and that's why I like Rucka. You know, like, they both wrote on 52 together so we know that they can work with each other's ideas so it's yeah yeah a lot of fun so that's pretty much it uh artist perkins you know like before there's some faces here or there that don't quite work uh there's a there's only one panel in particular i really hated i think in this issue mm-hmm. um usually there's a handful this is less than usual i would say but it was a, probably a more egregious error than, than usual it wasn't just a, a funny looking face it was um it was when Superman's going in and out uh, solving the problems with Lois. And the final one where he gets back, she puts up her hand to stop it, to interrupt him, and so she can just carry on speaking. And the perspective is, like, really off. Like, her hand seems, like, really far out in front, but, like, still full-sized. It was it really threw me off. Um, and I just, I, I, I spent far longer on that panel than I should have done, just trying to figure out where her hand, where her arm was coming from. Um it, it was it was awkward 
Yeah, it's what, I mean, it's been consistent since the start, and I really love the overall look of the book. There's, the, there's yeah. these oddities here or there of, like, perspectives or facial expressions maybe they're a little bit off, but for the most part, I really like the tone that the art gives the book. So I think I, think sure. I felt it more in this issue, though, because most of the art was so good, especially on all the multiverse stuff, mm. where I thought it was some of Perkins' finest work, and then this panel was one of the most egregious times that i felt that these kind of odd moments from perkins so it, it was it stuck out even more than usual yeah uh, it's a shame mm-hmm. all right matt what are you giving it i'm gonna give us a nine i mean i don't have as much of the issues with the art as you guys did those layouts with the double pages were oh, really were cool lovely, yeah yeah, yeah. Connor? i'm gonna give it a straight eight i think I will also. I give it an eight point five. Uh, so I like I said also like he was just decided. Well, I'm gonna go with one of them. I just don't know which yet. Uh, so instead of doing a proper section where we pick favorites and stuff, let's just okay, right? Lois Lane's my number one. Justice League's my number two. End of discussion. Uh, <laughs> like uh, other way around for me. Uh, I think Matt's the same order as me. Yeah. There you go. Oh wait, I just noticed Matt's poking out of Connor's uh, window. Has it been that the whole time? Huh. No, I don't know. Ah. How dare you? I can't see my own window, so I, I can't tell. Oh, it's not actually that. It's actually uh, Connor's captures a little bit off. I'll just fix that. Just now. This is disgraceful. I, I didn't notice that the whole time. Oh, sorry, 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 video audience for that little discrepancy. All right, a couple of quick sections here before we wrap up. Uh, we'll, we'll just, uh, if everyone's been reading the digital first stuff, I only had one book that I was going to read digital first, and I did not because... I left it too late thinking I only have so many books. Uh, so we'll do digital first. Uh, obviously, me and Carson have Patreon books. We'll do those after these two little sections. So I assume you guys still read some of them, the digital first books. Mm-hmm. All of them, yeah. All right, I'll throw you mine. Oh, on you go then. Have, have, uh, have so, a so casual Connor, chat. Connor, which yeah. one did you read all the same ones? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, plus 1D? So uh, I'll go from, uh, I don't want to say worst, because it's so good, but least at first, so with Superman. Um, the Diddy Superman was pretty good this time. Um, it was about a, like a, a spirit, it was almost like a haunting, that there's, it's the basically the second richest guy in Metropolis owns all this land on the outskirts of town, and every week, or every day that week, Superman's been fighting like this, like, earth monster. Like it's just made out of out of rocks and sod and all this other stuff. And Clark has to be a reporter, and Lois is kind of helping him along the way to to figure out what's going on. So he goes out to talk with with the second richest guy, and you come to find out that there was a, a reporter that was snooping around back when Perry was still kind of new, and this rich guy had had killed him to keep whatever he was doing with the land, and. Basically, Clark had to tell the story to put the man's ghost or spirit at ease. And he ends up getting a confession out of, out of the fellow rich guy. And you kind of get the impression this is all playing into Lex's hands. So even though each of these stories is like... Uh, self-contained. They're definitely self-contained. building to something with Lex overall. Yeah, the, Luther's kind of operating in the background. And now... That just kind of paved the way for him to be the, the only richest guy. Yeah, but it was a still, really uh, still loving the jokes with the jacket. Uh, I think it was this yeah. time when he was climbing over the the fence. It gets stuck on the the, on, the barbed wire. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but but yeah, it was, it was so far out of these. This one's my favorite one, just because it kind of not that it was an emotional story, but it it 
Clark having to tell the man's story, and that's what puts it. It's it's not something that Superman could, you know, fight with his fist, which I always like. Like I always hate Superman gets punchy as the story point. And yeah. so far, Vinity hasn't done any of those stories. I mean, the Parasite one a little bit, but that ended in the way that like I'm not going to fight you. Um, and here he couldn't because there's a whole thing where he talks about like it takes a lot of his energy to fight this Earth creature. And because he doesn't want to hurt it, because he doesn't know what's going on, but it was it was pretty solid. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I also think it was probably my favorite of the Superman issues so far. Um, really enjoyable. Uh, it, it was nice to see this kind of you know the the journalistic side come out again. Um, yeah, it's really playing up that angle here. Uh, just fun to see whenever that happens. Yeah. Um, Lois gets a, a nice starring role in this issue as well. Yep. Good to uh, see. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, and then which one do you want to go next? Uh, take your pick. I'm not bothered. Whatever order you want. So uh, let's go Swamp Thing, which sure. was, yeah, so Mark Russell continues this story of Swamp Thing versus Sunderland, um, except this time it it does the Mark Russell thing where it tells a meta story to where now the legend of Swamp Thing starts permeating throughout culture and that it's driving people to the swamp and it's almost playing into Sunderland's hands is that him being so well known now is kind of stopping him from fully unleashing what he wants to do. And they're allowing them to, you know, do what they need to do. And it's Swamp Thing kind of coming to terms with what's going on. And he, as he tries to go back to the swamp, he's got to be mindful of, of the people. Right? They're not following him. But he finds the, I think that the guy's name was Robert from the last issue, whose grandfather died. And that he works for Sunderland, that, that the, the guy's dead. And he starts investigating it a little bit. And now there's a cult to Swamp Thing that killed him because uh, they want to do what Swamp Thing thinks yeah. is right. It's it's, a, it's an interesting touch because he thinks this cult, they're, they're wearing the Sunderland. You know, why, why are you killing them? For right. we're, we're, we're sacrificing people to you. Uh, you know, you're not, you're not a monster, you're a god. Um, then, and, of course, they're very misguided. Which um, which adds to the the conundrum of him even at the beginning where he was putting all of his bitterness into this one thing all this all his hatred and then just dropping it in the swamp and now it's kind of like well that that bitterness and that is is now causing problems in the yeah. wider world it's a it's a really fascinating ending and it's the most directly set up for the next issue sort of ending mm -hmm. whereas the rest of them have felt like you know obviously there is. Uh, an ongoing story regarding Sunderland and then that here, but they've all felt very, uh, you know, you, you can just read this. Uh, this one actually ends setting up, oh no, we're going to be dealing with stuff with this cult. Uh, so I'm excited to yep. read that. Yeah. So it's really good. The art is still, the, the monster aspect of Swamp Thing doesn't get lost. Yeah, anytime they still... manage to do Swamp Thing in the darkness, it's mm -hmm. particularly good. And he kind of draws them like Bigfoot too, like in the, when the people are looking for him. Mm. He's kind of hiding in plain sight, and just his angles and stuff reminds me of the Bigfoot stuff that I've seen. So I, like the, I the far shots in the trees. That. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, you know, the the Legend of Swamp Thing, and I, I do feel I know the TV show was a, a big miss, but I feel like Mark Russell's tone for it might be what it would need because if this was a a weekly show that's kind of anthologized, I think it could still work. You know, or even if it was a, an animated short, yeah. but from what I hear, they completely missed what makes oh, something yeah, work. And uh, did you hear so, that, Pete? Matt managed to say anthologize correctly. 
Yeah, I apologized. I wasn't listening. Oh, well, he just he just said it correctly without even thinking about it, unlike some people. Yeah. I apologize. But you struggle apologize. with it a lot. Because I was trying to read it. Sometimes you try to read a certain word that, that messes you up. <laughs> so, uh, and then the last one I read was Flash, which is slowly becoming, like, the best one, which shouldn't come as a surprise with Gale, like, with Gale Simone. Yeah, she's it's like, well, been at this for a while. Right. Um, but yeah. it still caught me off guard with just how good it is and, and mm -hmm. the story that it's telling. It's, it's very much, okay, it's a retelling of classic things, uh, and a very new spin on them, don't get me wrong. But yeah. the fact that, we're okay, we're, we're, doing, yeah, we're doing Zoom stuff now. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm at my peak with Thawne at this point between the show and since John's brought Barry back, Thawne's always in the background. Yeah. And... But this was a version I hadn't quite seen where so Barry runs into the future and he gets to the city and he's like, well, this is weird. In my time, there's a, a sprawling suburb here and now it's like a desert wasteland. And he gets into there and it's like, I don't want to say, again, I don't say Blade Runner, but it's very futuristic. Like yeah. wh whatever you think is futuristic sci-fi, that's what the city looks like. It's everything's bright and lit up and there's people walking around wearing Flash logos. Like and like not just everyone. Like, uh, there's, there's, there's like multiple people wearing like Jay Garrick right. helmets. Right. And a, an announcement comes through by a, a guy that looks like Thon and says, you know, Red Group, it, it's your time now to experience it. And they all use the Speed Force at the same time, but they only get it for 10 minutes. And the police come to... Uh, to arrest Barry for improper use of the speed force. And he deals with them and they zap him with this lightning baton. And it, it kind of, it, it messes with him, but then it supercharges him and yeah. he, he takes them out. So then they send more police and he leads them on a chase where eventually he ends up with face to face with Thon and, uh, or no, first he goes no, to he shift. Get, he gets rescued yeah. by shift. Cause she grabs rescued. him. That's right. um, and you know, she's, kind of fills him in it's like hey you know i, I came to your time period and i kind of understood uh what was going on you know you, you have movies you know, you know what we have are these government approved films uh, edutainment they call it mm -hmm. um and and that's and that, all we have but you have movies about hope and and comics and she talks about like you know barry deciding to become a hero is because of his comics right and that when she visited him back in the second issue that was something that stuck out to her and made her rethink what she wanted to do. Mm. And she, she, you know, Barry's like, well, he's, you said he was a despot, but the people love him. She goes, well, no, they're addicts. They're yeah. addicted to the speed force. You know what it's like to touch the lightning. And, and he just gives it out to him in small bits. And that's how they keep loyal. And I was like, oh man, this is a version of Thawne I have never thought of. Yeah. It's right? totally Maybe? different. Um, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's recognizable enough that I go, sure, this is still Thawne. Yeah, but at well, the same time, it's totally fresh, right? And Barry finally meets a Thon, and you get vibes that Thon knows exactly what's going on, and that he leans into the Thon that we've known for the past, you know, 10, 15 years. That now, with his knowledge of of time, he can go change things whenever he wants. Like, yeah, he talks and he about brings how up he can just kill Bruce Trinity. Wayne as a kid. He can, mm. you know, uh, just get rid of the, uh, the the ship when it lands, when Clark's pod lands, just throw in the ocean. Right. Right. Um, that said, if Superman's taking up yellow radiation on his way, would that kill baby Kal-El? Throwing the ship into the ocean or just him, change? I think it's more just 
how much it radiation has been gotten inside the pod. Right. And okay, you put him at the bottom of the ocean where there's very little radiation. Right. He's going to fade right. and he's a baby, so he's not going to break out of the pod pretty easily. But what if he's found by by the Queen of Atlantis and now oh, it's Arthur's brother? There are, there are you know its own I mean? risks. And what a, yeah. what a mini-series Elseworld that would be. I would read yeah, that. Yeah, right? So... And this is why I like Gail is so great. Gail Simone, like she, she poses all these things. I was like, yeah, I know all this, but I'm still like infatuated with what's going on. Like it never feels like tired. I'm like, oh no, this is just Thon and Barry. So, so uh, Barry is racing Thon, trying to get back to his time, and and Thon's gaining on him, and Barry remembers that he has the uh, lightning baton. And, and uses it to, to break away from him. So now knowing that Thawne's out there, uh, and he can alter time and whatnot, it, it adds a yeah. bit of suspense. And uh, Thawne's like, hey, no, I'm going to chase you. I'll find you. I'll track you, and yeah. I'll race you through time. And uh, you know, the, the next time is a race of two flashes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. No, I'm into this one. This one's pretty yep. great. Yep, yep. It's nice to be reading Flash again, although I'll be getting way more Flash soon. All right. You will be, yeah. Better or worse. So, yeah, uh, so elsewhere in the multiverse is a section. Uh, hey, be- hey, hey, what? hey, hold up. What? I still got the Wonder Woman one to talk about quickly. Yeah. Oh, oh I, I didn't realize that there was another one. Yeah. So I thought you were done. Yeah. No, no, I, I didn't I, read I this one. Um, no, I'll, I'll be quick on this one anyway. Um, this is still Palmyata and Connor um, with Sam on Art, so it does look really good. Uh, this has kind of two major plot points. The first one, it starts a while back, is what it says. Um, and Wonder Woman's in an outfit that looks suspiciously like the uh, the, the 70s TV show. Um, and you're like, huh, okay. And uh, it, it could, and she's like, you know, with a friend there who's also a hero. I think she's called Socialite. She flies around. She's got a whip. They're, they're, they're friends. They're taking down some sort of villain. And, you know, they, they're out for lunch or whatever afterwards. Um, but then it cuts ahead to now. And it's Wonder Woman still looking, you know, as she does. She's, like, not aged. And you know, we, we, she's visiting this friend who is uh, uh, dying of cancer. And this is like, you know, her, her last day. Um, she knows she's about to go and, you know, Diana's you know, finally come to visit her. Um, and it's, uh, you know, then we, we have this, the funeral. And then uh, during the funeral, bombs come down. And this is where I have to rewind to the start of the issue uh, very quickly, where we have a round table of villains, uh, various villains from different characters. You know, you got, you got Cheetah there, Penguin, Man, a uh, uh, cold scarecrow, Two Face, a couple of others, and basically they come up with a plan where we're gonna swap heroes. You know, we'll we'll take out each other's heroes, and they won't know what's hit them. They won't know how to. Ex- they won't expect to be dealing with someone else, so it'll work like a charm. Strangers on uh, a train. Yeah, um, but you get, you know, so Wonder Woman's at this funeral, and then all these like nuclear bombs start coming down. And you, you, you kind of know pretty quickly, this this is weird. And then you have, like, Amazons show up. And it's like, no, the Amazons let off the bombs. They're, they're cleansing the earth of, of humanity because humanity are terrible. Uh, it is revealed pretty quickly, of course, this is Scarecrow. Uh, right. So Scarecrow got Diana. Um, and, you know, you have a bit of a fight. She struggles through the through the gas, you know, the usual stuff with Scarecrow fear gas. And, you know, turns it on him and he goes a bit crazy. Uh, and that's the uh, the end of the issue. So she's her, you know, bringing him in. He's in a you know a distraught jacket, still being affected with his with his own gas, and you know, no no long no way of knowing how long it'll affect him because 
you sure it only affected her a few minutes, but she fought through it, and you, you can't say the same about him. So we'll just have to wait and see. But she's particularly angry about this happening during her, you know, her friend's funeral. Um, you know, it's like, no, no, no if, if this had been another day, I might have gone easy on you. But during this shit, no, not having it. And the book absolutely looks gorgeous. Sam Pierre and, uh, is firing on all cylinders, and uh, the colours are fantastic as well. Uh, they look particularly gorgeous when, when all the bombs come down. Uh, Adriana Lucas on, on the colours. Uh, they look particularly gorgeous when all the bombs come out. So, you know, this red glow and orange. It's uh, it's fantastic stuff. Uh, yeah, no, I, uh, this is probably my favorite issue of the Wonder Woman book yet. Mm. Uh, these books are really hitting their stride. And uh, it's worth noting that next week's uh, uh, issue five of the Batman book is uh, written by Mark Russell. So I'll probably be checking out that one as well. Yeah, me too. All right, cool. There uh, you go. It's digital roundup. Uh, mm-hmm. I will lightly read Flash and catch up next week, but... Uh... Hey. Uh, so yeah, elsewhere in the multiverse, uh, this could be nice and snappy. I uh, read a little bit more Immortal Hulk. Uh, I did buy the singles after finishing uh, the the last trade. Uh, I've not mm-hmm. actually caught up. I've not read. I've got two issues left to actually officially catch up. But uh, I'm very near now. Uh, it's still very good. I don't have a whole lot to add mm-hmm. uh, based on what I said yeah. last time. Uh, yeah. But, you know, this just in still good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of big fight, monster fight and stuff. Uh, the whole plan with uh, uh, Roxham and uh, whatnot is the all these monsters, which are all named like one's Harryhausen, one's mm-hmm. uh, they were all nerdy sci-fi. You know, like people based yeah. on Bradbury was one of Mon- them, based yeah. on the author. They're sci-fi and like monster, yeah, type. You know, um, but yeah, I I loved when they brought in Agar because that was a, a character that I loved on the page of Thor. Mm-hmm. That. Yeah felt really a, a great foil to Thor because it, he couldn't every every way he tried to deal with it the way he knows how like Roxanne would one up him and you know that, and, that that dude is going through the henchman like nobody's mm, business oh, oh yeah just nobody's wait. business uh, uh so no but yeah it's real good so that's cool no that's, that's all that's all I had I didn't read a whole lot of other stuff this week I read maybe like four or five issues of Hulk and that was it uh, uh, do you have anything, uh, Matt? Yeah, so I finished uh, Tamaki's X twenty three run. Hell yeah! And yeah, so that was that's real real good. Uh, I think I'm gonna jump to X Men Red next because it's I'm, I'm trying to get to the point of I've done some research and it doesn't seem like Gabby exists in the Hickman stuff, which is mm. a shame. Like that is, uh, no. I don't know why. And now I understand why people are getting upset when he came and just kind of wiped everything as everything that you have right there, all the relationships and all, all that layered, you know, stuff with the X-Men. Now it's all just gone. Uh, but I, I read, which one was it? Where they go to the school. That was probably my least favorite of these issues where they, they infiltrate the school felt like a very kind of throwaway. Um, and they find out that the the girl that leads the science club is is actively trying to clone X twenty three and Gabby, which I thought was wow. That's, that's... I remember having fun with that issue because it was Gabby's it was... infiltration skills, but I mean whatever. <laughs> yeah, that was fine. It was just it was awkward. I guess it was just Laura having to be the gym teacher. I thought that was pretty fun, but it was just weird. But then the following uh, issue or the following arc was the X assassin stuff where. Gabby gets attached to one of these. They're meant to be disposable, 
They're the next generation of, of her. And now we get to see her go through what Laura did. But it's even way worse because, you know, this one couldn't stay around. And it it enable, not enables her, but it gets her to reevaluate her name. And basically the way that Laura took Wolverine as, as an honor to, to the normal Wolverine, she's going to take the name Scout, which is the the basically phonetically the reverse of whatever that project was of the ex-assassins. And she ends up by basically wanting to be called Scout. And uh, the, the last tag of that series is uh, Gabby trying to go out and she got a bead on some some other project that is using their DNA. And it comes out that it's turkeys. <laughs> so she goes and her and Laura get into this big fight because Laura's like, you, you got to let go of this stuff. Then, you know, uh, and Gabby's like, well, if if you would have just let go, then we wouldn't have a relationship. And it all hits super hard. So she goes off on her own with Jonathan to infiltrate this train and come to find out just full of genetically enhanced turkeys that we don't know what's going to happen, but she, she sets them all free in, in the wilds off the train. So I thought that was pretty fun. And uh started looking for, for more, and that's where X-Men Red comes in, I guess. Yeah, I mean, X-Men um, Red, I mean, it's Taylor and Gabby yep. and Laura both on the team. So it's kind of your yep. last hurrah with them. Yeah. And, and then I also found out that uh, Brian Hill uh, has a book that was like five, six issues over at Marvel called Fallen Angels that features X-23 slash Laura slash Wolverine, whatever we're calling her, which I've heard not so many good things on, but I might, not depending where I'm at after yeah. X-Men Red. Everything uh, I've heard about that book is yeah. yeah, and I like Brian Hill, so it's it's a it's a shame. Oh, and it's... Um, uh, the art is Kudransky. Yeah, I, I heard yeah. rough things about Kudransky's art as well, believe Oof. it or not. That's that's ungood. Well, then I also started, so after that, I, I'm taking a break from, from catching up on the Marvel side, and I've pulled out um, my trade, uh, my physical trade, which is weird, so I haven't read a physical comic in months at this point, um, of, of Adam Strange, Planet Heist, which is the Andy Diggle story from 2004 or so. And I'm like three issues in, and he's heading to Thanagar, and they're full, full battle hawk ready. And I'm just like, oh, this corner of the DCU, I I love so much, and I did oh, not I realize like that. I have no idea. But hey, I think we have a contender for the next previously vote. Yeah, so so far it it's playing in with what we know of the whole Zeta beam that he's been stuck on Earth. And he's been waiting for the Zeta Beam, and he gets word because these two bounty hunters come looking for him that Ran is gone, and they think that it's gone supernova, and but you know he ends up getting off planet. He's he's staying in uh, Gotham City also, so there's this whole chase with a jetpack. That's a whole lot of fun. But he gets there, and he's found out that the the entire star system has been swapped with another one. Because that this star that's going supernova doesn't match the star that was on Ran, and so now he's got to team up with this Thanagarian who wants nothing to do with Ran, right? Because there's that whole they don't like Ran and all this. I think this leads right into the Ran Thanagar war, which is going to be a good time to revisit. Um, so it's been since that came out that I read it, but I just my my new love of Hawkman plus my established love of Adam Strange, like I. Mm-hmm. This little corner I love, and it, it all fits in with the death of Hawkman and, and all of that type of stuff. 
So, yeah, so far I'm really enjoying it. I think I'm about three and a half issues in. I stopped reading last night at a certain point. Um, but, yeah, highly recommend it. Kara, uh, anything from you? Uh, very little. I've basically just been ticking away at the Kirby stuff. I'm on Forever People now, um, about halfway through that book. Um, like I said, I haven't been reading many comics this week. This stuff for, for today, whatever we did for, you know, previously during the week uh, it's mostly been you know actual books i've been reading this week okay uh well you can kick off the patreon section then so every month at patreon.com slash tv uh one of the higher tiers is to make me or connor read a book and connor's been made to read a book red hood outlaw issue 40 something uh is <laughs> 44 which i believe was the last issue released Oh, we're caught. Yeah, yeah. I thought didn't you just tell us last week that you weren't going to be caught up for some reason? I didn't think I would. Obviously, we've been off longer than I realized. Yep, there we go. Connor's up to date on Red Hood. Next month, he'll be reading the newest issue. <laughs> oh, there's this stuff on technically as well, but next month will actually be new. <laughs> yeah, depends when. Well, well, it depends if would did they release an issue this week in like or you know in in May? Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. Because it because it might not be. Why am I keeping? I don't keep track of Red Hood. <laughs> Nor do I. So uh, God knows. Go on then. Um, yeah, it's more Red Hood, isn't it? It's uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's still rough. Uh, first thing I noticed was the R. Uh, it's um, it's obviously we've got you know Lobdell right, and I'm just trying to find the artist name. Uh, Paolo Pantalina who has been on the last couple of issues, and I knew immediately it was the same artist because it was the knockoff Rockefeller art. Um, from the from the very first page, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is the guy who's not as good as Rockefeller, uh, which is really disappointing because, you know, once upon a time, Rockefeller was on this book and looked good. Um, it's a shame. But, uh, no, it, it's following on from the last issue where Jason's not girlfriend um with the, the the stuff with the sword that appeared to her it turns out she's kind of been possessed i think uh by these um untitled i think is that what they were called the people uh i don't know she's been possessed by you know the the by essence you know the only human de- defend uh, the only human descendant of uh the old cast people um and she trained jason and apparently they were enemies at some point uh, I don't know that, that, that old cast stuff is all just nonsense uh, but um, Jason and Bizarro and the others they're undercover, they're working with uh, the old old man not Captain America hero from uh, from the end of last issue uh, General Glory, that's what he's called uh, and he's, he's like a, a pensioner who used to be a superhero and you know, they've kind of brought him out of retirement for this special assignment to oversee this mission in, in Karak Um where there's like a potential rebellion. Uh, they're, they're trying to get democracy for the first time and actually have a vote, but things might not go as well. Um, so Jason and Bizarro are undercover at a, like a, a food stall. They're running like a, a food van. And Artemis is pretending, uh, she's trying to get herself hired as the the bodyguard to the like the colonel who's like, you know, the dictator in chief. Um, but she's undercover, so she's she's dyed her hair um, for whatever reason, because uh, apparently she was super distinctive and everyone knew who she was. But she still goes around and introduces herself as an actual Amazon. That's kind of her her credit to you know get this job is no, I'm an Amazon. I can fight anyone. And 
yet she has to be undercover and not be the Amazon that she actually is. I, I don't know. That seemed really weird to me and kind of pointless. But uh, the colonel wants her to lead his armies because she's that good. And she's like, no, that's not the deal. Um, but basically, the Untitled have infected all of the crowd. Uh, they've they've infected all the crowd there because of the hope is what they're, they're feeding on. And Jason and Bizarro are going to have to fight their way out. Yeah, he's summoned his, his old blade. And that's kind of the end of the issue. There's, again, one other random page in the middle somewhere, probably about two-thirds through. Uh, no, sorry, it's two pages, uh, which is uh, a gun uh, with uh, Mala and the Brain. It's basically her just talking to the Brain and Mala being a bit jealous. That, that's it. That's the two pages. It, it, it adds nothing. I don't know why we're teasing this so... It's It's been completely drip-fed. Like, oh, it's one page here, two pages there. And it feels so irrelevant that it's not adding anything to the story that I would rather just wait and have here's six, seven pages of of gun stuff at some point when it's relevant and have some advancement in it. Because what's happening in this just isn't. It it just feels like, uh, shit, we're two pages short on the page count. Just throw in some pages of gun. That'll that'll do. Uh, That's that's the way it comes across. Uh, It's really frustrating. So, uh, yeah, that's that. It's a... it's a solid three out of ten. Okay, well, I'll be honest. Yeah, I yeah was... I'm, I'm done. I, I, I ended with it's a three out of ten, and then, and then, yeah. not my fault. Pete wasn't listening. I, I, I looked up. I was reading something. I was reading, uh, the. Uh, I, I'm sure it was much more interesting. It was something about what was it? Was it, was it the no? Alaska legislator uh, said something really stupid that involved Hitler. It was. Shocking. We'll talk about it off here. It's not, it's not suitable for podcast. Um, yeah. But uh, yes, my Patreon book, or I say Patreon book. This, this is something that was uh, purchased via tip on a stream that I do uh, on a regular basis. Uh, the same person who makes David or makes uh, Connor, David makes Connor read Red Hood. He's also making me read. He's, he's maybe read a few things in the last month or so. Uh, Telos number one, for example, uh, being the last one. Uh, this time. Lobo. Was it was him Lobo? Yes, Lobo, Lobo issue one from fifty two. <laughs> Basically he keeps finding things from the new fifty two to punish me with. And this next one is Doomed Issue One by Scott Lobdell. That is some nice context because uh Doom showed up in those issues of Red Hood you had to read. I don't remember that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was there and he he was part of that generation outlaw. Sure. So he uh so we start off with this doomed character. He's, he's, he's on a full page spread, he's lying there, and he's, he's, his narration's like, this is weird. I was just in a penthouse. Why am I here? I landed on the ground. And he looks at his reflection, he's in like a train graveyard, and he's like, ah, I look horrible. Ah. Uh, and it says, here, uh, the college freshman named Riser, which I remember because I think of Paul Riser, and I think it was a bad call, Ripley, it was a bad call. So I remember Riser via that. <laughs> That's that's smart. More writers should do that. You want a name that people remember, just ape it off something else that yes, people like. Exactly. Uh was like any other student intern at Star Labs, uh Metropolis until he was and then in the font, doomed. Right. Yeah, and uh what, what's the creative team behind this again? Uh Scott Lobdell <laughs> and I don't, the credits pages must be at the end. I don't, I have, to, I have to wait till I get there. Uh, <laughs> so it flashes back 12 hours earlier, and young Riser is on his way to his internship at Star Labs. Uh, he's getting out of the subway, his aunt's pesting him about her dog on his phone and whatever. But he gets there, he's all excited, he's always wanted to be at Star Labs, he sees it as the elite. 
and he's immediately kind of like you know kind of the, the the scientist who's kind of in charge of the interns is kind of a dick um although i don't necessarily dislike him that much there's a moment where someone asks him a question and he looks at his clipboard and goes uh let me check uh, you know i have that listed here under none of your business <laughs> uh i don't know i'm on his side it's that's very dwight though like, it's <laughs> dwight Schrute. I suppose it is, yeah. Uh, so him and this other girl, girl are kind of given the crappy job of st- getting the night shift where they have to clean out the clean room, uh, the contamination room. And he's like all enthusiastic about it. She's like, no, we got the shit job. We got the grunt work. We, we got the, the worst of the worst. And he's like, no, no, this is important. We've been trusted to do something on our own. This is a big deal, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then apparently Clark Kent's his neighbor. Because uh, Clark like, walks out of the building at one point. I guess that's where Clark I mean, was living at the time. Yeah, so if you put it in the perspective, that was right after the Super Doom stuff. I guess, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah this was a spin-off from that. Ugh, yeah. stupid. So how many of these roommates are looking for, looking for a new... Because what a third roommate, right? It's a, it's a mm-hmm. three-person three apartment. And... We have this montage essentially of them interviewing people, and there was a really. This is where things got a bit clunky in terms of like, because up until now, even though I wasn't necessarily into the opening of who Doomed is or what's going on, it was fine enough from a rating quality perspective up until this point. It got a bit clunky here where I felt like some of these transitions between the different candidates for the roommate didn't really flow very well, and I thought it was mm-hmm. especially weird that one was a sort of young woman who it's just in a list of like or a, a series of panels of various different characters who are all a bit wacky and in the next page riser chases after outside to say hey i actually really wanted you to be the roommate but i got outvoted and they kind of flip a little bit but there was nothing on the previous page that kind of even like, we don't even see riser's reaction to her or implying that he's even acknowledging her existence it just it, it didn't flow very well there wasn't like a setup for him caring about this this particular roommate the, the, the only thing you've got to go on is that she doesn't seem as weird as the other options to her you know variety of wacky so and she's like oh i'll see you around sometimes oh, i hope so blah, blah. uh he goes to visit his aunt uh you know i, I, I chuckled a little bit here because her, her little annoying dog starts barking at him and he's like my arch enemy and he's narration and i thought okay well done amusing i can get behind this uh and he's just kind of like nice to her he, he buys her food and whatever it's kind of setting up these nice stuff dude it's kind of just doing 101 make your character kind of likable N- nothing particularly special uh but then it cuts ahead to him and his night shift with the dealer intern and she's given the 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 role of being in the control room like monitoring things while he puts on the hazmat suit and goes in and scrubs basically and they're having banter and whatever. What bothered me about this? This is where things get stupid. So he becomes doomed in this comic, right? This happens to him because he gets hot at one point and takes off his mask in the clean room at Star Labs. He's got the hazmat suit on. He's like, "Oh, I'm really hot," and he takes off his oh, he takes off his mask and he wipes his his brow and he's sort of and then he's like wait a minute, I just took off my mask and he has this sort of shock face and he sort of puts it back on because then turns like away to the bathroom, the other one's away to the bathroom or something and she comes back and he's just like, just acting I was like, da 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 da, I feel fine, I feel fine, there's nothing wrong, nothing wrong, nothing, nothing's affected me, it's fine. Yeah, you had to wear a hazmat suit to go in here to clean it because it was safe, <laughs> because it, because nothing was going to happen 
and he just happens to run into uh, the girl who interviewed for the, the, the roommate earlier. That's convenient. Yeah, and uh, keep in mind, this was a night shift, so it's like the middle of the night. He's, this is like like 4 a.m. or something like that. He's walking home, and he runs into her coming out of some place, and they get to talking, and she's like, oh, hey, I'll show you where, what, you know, where I've, I think I found an apartment. And it's this Lex apartment building that's not even done under construction, but she's squatting in the uh, the showroom, like in the, 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 the model mm-hmm. apartment. And so they go up to this penthouse, and it's like, ooh and ah, it's all nice. And she's, she goes for a shower, and he's like freaking out, and he's narrating, oh, I can't believe this is happy, this is great, this is great, I met this great girl, blah, blah. And then as he's lying in the bed, maybe it's because he's getting horny or something, I don't know, but the doom thing <laughs> triggers, and she comes out of the bathroom, and he looks like he's, I don't know, he's part transform- transformed, and then... That's that's actually the last page. This is basically him about to fall out the building, which is where he landed at the start of the book. Uh, so it's really Trump weird. back pretty quickly then. What do you mean? Well, if, if if he's about to fall out, he's only half transformed here, and then he falls out the window, and that's where we open up, and he's presumably back to normal because he's... no, he's not normal oh, at the start. Oh, oh, is he not? Okay. No, he's he's completely in doom mode at the start of the book before it flashes oh, back. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's it's. What's weird about this is that it feels like the entire thing builds up to a cliffhanger, but the cliffhanger is actually just the connecting point to where we started the book. So it's not really a cliffhanger for the next issue. It's a cliffhanger for how we started this issue. <laughs> so that's kind of... Unless it reveals something that we didn't expect, which mm. you know, changes the context, uh, which it doesn't. It just it, it revealed that he was an idiot. Yeah, it reveals nothing. And, and, and to top it off, he he had this happen to him because he was dumb enough to take off his hazmat, like, helmet. Like, what? What? Yeah, that's on you at that point, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> give him some sort of reason, like something's crawling in his suit where it's like, let's do or die, he has to do it. Like, he has to risk it. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. He gets uncomfortable. Do you know what? Two months ago, I'd have thought, this, this would, no one would ever do this. This would be utterly stupid yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then i've seen him actually act oh, with them well it's a bit so, hot so you know so you know how with the punisher there always seems to be a war that you can base his trauma on right like he comes back and loses his family yeah. you know at first it was vietnam and then it was the gulf war and now you can do afghanistan N- now i feel like with this that's going on how many origins in comics are going to be due to a global pandemic you know like a mutation i of can some see kind. that i can see that yeah uh, so, yeah, yeah. It, ha, ha. It's, it's far more believable to me that people are utterly idiots when it comes to keeping their masks on when yeah. they should. Do. Javier, well, Fernandez, then... Javier Fernandez was the artist, by the way. Um, okay. What? Oh. I mean, at the very least, though, like there is a difference though between what we're going through as the world as a whole right now, where you don't necessarily know where's safe, where's not. You have to assume everything isn't, of course, but at a room that you can't go in without a complete head-to-toe hazmat suit where they do testing on materials that are definitely going to kill you. <laughs> like, yeah. that that's a pretty big difference. Yeah. So, uh, that's really stupid. Uh, they are so okay. There's nothing necessarily wrong with the art. Oh, uh, yeah. I've liked Fernandez when I've seen yeah. his art and he's a Nightwing. Yeah, so... Nothing wrong with it. It's pretty good. Uh, it's just the story is like they make him likable enough. He's just kind of like an an over character for me, but they make him stupid. The structure of the book makes very little sense. There's a couple of clunky transitions in the in the montage and stuff like that. 
uh but otherwise that's pretty much it. It, it, it but like i say the cliffhanger isn't a cliffhanger for the next issue it just connects to the start of this issue so what's my cliffhanger for next issue because the end of that before it flashed back if you remember was just him sort of going realizing what he looked like and going oh i'm doomed uh, like so that's actually the end of the narrative story in this is him going oh i'm doomed which may have been fine if they put it at the end of the book that's the weird thing if, if you actually just told this sequentially and had that at the end that would have been a decent cliffhanger <laughs> Overcomplicate it for no reason. <laughs> uh, so I, I mean, what's this? This is like a. It wasn't the worst thing ever. It's probably like a, a nice solid like four, I guess. You because know, it, it it's it's uh, brisk enough to read. So I I can't say it was completely painful, compelling. but just nothing nothing worth reading either. So skip. Don't want, don't read it. Go about your business. Do what you want. Alright, uh, so that's the Patreon books. Uh, so uh, we already kind of did favourites. Uh, I mean, we just did the ranking. Mm. We didn't really pick best art or whatever. Because, I mean, let's be honest, it, it was. It was Zermanico, right? Is anyone picking Perkins? No, Zermanico, I think, takes yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, and then cover. Yeah, that might go back to lowest actually. The lowest, the main lowest cover is really nice. I, I'm gonna give the lowest variant because uh, I actively went and looked it up when I saw in the credits yeah. there was mm. a Tula Lo a variant. I was like, oh, oh, hello. So I went and looked at that. And, That's yeah. fair. Let me look at this up real quick. Hold on. Ugh. It says it's probably not my favorite Lotte work. Don't wrong, but it's easily my favorite. Yeah. Covers. What issue was this? Uh, this was ten. Yeah. No, I like the regular cover. There's the skull with the the Lois in the eyes. Like, no, oh, it's, yeah. it's nice. Yeah. I, think it... I don't know what the Justice League variant was. Admittedly, uh, that could have been very nice. I don't think Lionel. it was on the solicits because I was making thumbnails for stuff, and the solicit the, the variant wasn't in the solicits when it was solicited. Mm, that's fair. So. The, the Justice League cover was nice. The the manifold one though. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Uh, so maybe that's why the coloring was trying to eat manifold because the manifold did the cover. So yeah. to... It felt very consistent from the cover going yeah. through the issue in that regard, and which isn't something you can always say. Uh, I guess maybe that's why they, they made that attempt. Good but hey, uh, so there you go. Now that's that's basically episode two or two. I, I want to kind of announce something. It's not a big deal necessarily. Uh, there's nothing changing with the podcast itself, or if you consume the podcast, you know, via the audio download or via YouTube, nothing's changing. If you want to keep it that way, you still have it that way. Nothing is uh, affecting how you enjoy it, but. Uh, there is a new thing we're experimenting with, uh, a new YouTube channel that's dedicated to comics from the multiverse, where the comic reviews themselves are going to be split up into individual videos, so they can go to their own playlists and things like that. Uh, so if you want to go subscribe to that and uh, maybe, you know, give some things a watch on there and like and all the rest of it, you can. Uh, we're just, just trying something different, see, see if it gains any traction. I may not. No matter, maybe it it might be it. particularly helpful for, like, uh, previously, where maybe you're interested in one run, but not you know some of the others and rather than jump around in timestamps you'd rather just yeah watch the the, the playlist of just those reviews yeah uh so there's, there's 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 benefits to it so we're just giving it a try so go, go and have a look if you want to uh the, the full podcast will still be on the main youtube channel mailfuzz tv as it always is and obviously the audio download's not changing but uh just experimenting a little bit uh with different formats so go and have a look at comes from the on youtube if you want to um the channel that is specifically uh, there's only there's literally at the time of recording there's one detective comics review from previously on there but there'll be more pilling up as it goes on uh so go have a look at that uh but yeah the usual stuff to tell you like and subscribe comment let us know what you thought of the books all the usual stuff uh liking is really important on youtube uh, it helps people it helps the algorithm know specifically that you think this this content's worth recommending 
to other people so it's very important if you do that uh, you can support us of course financially over at patreon.com slash TV. Uh, the higher tiers of course can make us read books and obviously there's producers which I'll thank right now uh, David Short Alison M. Fordyce Cindy Palacios and Tyler Hess at uh, the $20 tier but you can support us for as little as $1 per month at uh, the $5 tier in particular you get early access to all the multiverse shows by one day and uh, you get to vote on some of the slots on the previously show so uh, go and have a look and see if you're interested in all that stuff uh but you can you can do that of course uh it gets on twitter at dc comics podcast uh also important for updates uh retweeting news items things like that uh but i think that's everything more or less uh just outside of check out other mail tv content if you you know want to hear us talk about movies tv shows that kind of thing uh there's other shows with co- various combinations of people from mail tv on them so go have a look uh but that's us so thank you very much once again for watching or listening this has been episode 202 of comics from the multiverse i should tell you what's coming next week i was about to wrap up without doing that yeah i was just getting ready to go what's coming next week though yeah i know i know and i actually closed my tab i had the list already and i closed it because i'm an idiot um don't worry don't worry it's booting back up uh so next week uh another kind of latest week it's not really until june where we're back yeah. into the full swing next week was going to be the first week of diamond technically but obviously they all got delayed so yeah yeah so we're talking about the books coming out on the 19th here this is uh the 19th of may from dc which is the tuesday uh so books coming out we have deceased unkillables issue three we have dollhouse family number six we have do, do 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 just looking for the new issues here plunge issue three so for better hell house red hood red hood outlaw 45 is ah, so there is year. a may book so i'll still be behind it's okay all is right in the world uh, by a one <laughs> uh jemmy olsen issue 10 is out next week uh wonder woman 755 and that is everything that's new uh, in terms of the single issues we've got four books so double four, the amount yeah. this time <laughs> double double this week yeah Oof. super exciting uh but no, actually I'm, I'm actually really excited because as much as i've been uh, you know i enjoyed books this week and last week i, I think deceased and uh plunge are a bit more exciting Dollhouse for me family, thank you very much yeah that's the last one right yeah it's six yeah yeah final final issue of that yeah so that's cool so oh, just imagine if they put that to digital only like oh five issues out of the six issue book uh... last issue's only digital That'd be, a that'd, be, that'd be very rude. Honestly, I wouldn't have been surprised if they had done that. However, I think they only made this decision to move some of the stuff to digital afterwards. Uh, like after, after Marvel made their decision and announcement, so yeah. that, and so that they could get away with it, and this had already been printed. Yeah, it's probably that's probably true. This was already printed. Uh, in fact, this might be the first week of stuff that wasn't already at the printers before everything shut down. Now I'm thinking about it uh should be yeah i think that's that's how it lines up but hey uh so hey guys what's coming next week so thank you once again for watching and listening we always appreciate it keep reading dc comics guys and remember to never get lost in the speed force